But uh, speaking of Texas, you should. Tr- I wanted to re- recommend what I was drinking. It's called Ranch Water, which I discovered recently. It's really good. Ranch water. Yeah, it's That's like the, it's, the sparkling cider stuff. Yeah, the and sparkling it's like, water. Yeah, it's like way better than White Claw. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking uh, the Vizzy Hard Seltzer. Nice. It's got like antioxidants and vitamin C and shit in it. I don't think this has any sort of. No, it doesn't. It's just good. This is going to make me less nervous. (laughs) What are you drinking, Neil? Uh, Vizzy hard seltzer, hint of blackberry lemon. (laughs) Hint of, huh? Yeah, it's it's not super sweet. It's it's kind of like an alcoholic. uh, LaCroix water sort of thing. Like a White Claw. Yeah, but it doesn't taste fake. It okay. It's, it's like, tastes like just flavored water. Yeah. Cause they just, they, they just do the, uh, the cane sugar as the alcohol. What if there was a drink and it just had like, you know, like a hint of urine? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't like full blown urine. Urine, <laughs> splash of urine. It yeah. could be like steer urine, like so you could go hunting with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you get fucked by a deer on the way. <laughs> hey, after enough of them, you might say a oh, fuck it. I think that isn't that the uh, origin of that new sweet tooth thing coming out on Netflix. <laughs> Close Some enough. Guy drinks that drink and he gets fucked by a deer, and he has a kid. <laughs> and, sure. I would hang shit on that, man. If I had fucking antlers, you ever fucking, like, you ever fucking go to the grocery store and you got so many goddamn bags that you can't fucking, ha- you know, you handle, handle them all? I'd, like, throw a couple of them up on that, those antlers. Yeah, that's awesome. Make one trip when you go yeah. up to the apartment. Oh, oh fuck. Where's my keys? And then you feel so stupid when you look in the mirror and you see them in your antlers. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a hat rack, basically. Yeah. For Christmas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, you're the life of the party. (laughs) Put a red nose on and you're good to go. That show comes out any moment, right? And you could be like, no, man, I'm fucking, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm Patch Adams. This is Halloween. I'm Patch Adams. No, Rudolph, shut the fuck up, Rudolph. It comes out soon. Yeah. Yeah, it comes out real soon. Man, is it next week? It's either next week or the week after. I've got it on the list. Never heard of it. Episode 383. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's make it clean. Erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. 
Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No Jake this week. Jake had to drop out, had some things going on, had to drop out, and uh, but uh, he has uh, uh, asked somebody else to be on the podcast in his place. I'm going to get to that person here in a moment. But we've got Joe Stark from the Starkcast. Welcome, Joe. Hey, what's up, dude? Happy to be here. Man, you came in excited as fuck. <laughs> Bringing that energy. Yeah, man. Is that so you got do you have to like where do you get that from? Like do you have to pump yourself up before the podcast? Are you like doing that fucking thing where you're like, you know, you pump like hitting your chest like your Wolf of Wall Street Matthew McConaughey? Is that where it's coming from? <laughs> Yes, it's either coming from that or this can of Rockstar next to me. It's one of the two. Oh shit! Which Rockstar do you get? I, I drink the Rockstar as well. Oh, the the OG black and gold cans. Oh, black and gold cans. I drink the I drink the the blue one. It's got the berry flavor. Oh, I'll have to try that one sometime. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't stray too far with them. Um, I feel like also recently on the the black and gold cans, it's like there's a new design on the can and it even tastes different. It's got like a fruitier taste to it. So it's like fucking with the formula it's a missed opportunity that they don't make the black panther black and gold can for rockstar oh that would actually be kind of cool it would be fucking cool would be cool you know what else is cool what is that you know what's cooler than ice cold how how does that go outcast that song (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'm yes i'm a white dude fuck off uh We also got what's cooler than cool is that we got Paul Hart from Movies from the Heart and the Cine Dudes on here. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, that was probably the best introduction I've had. Th- that one there. Oh yeah. I said your name and I said two places where people can find you, and that was that was me stroking you. Well, you tried to drop uh, some Outcast lyrics. Oh, okay. oh, the Outcast thing. Yeah, I mean, that had nothing to, had nothing to do with you, Paul. But you know, whatever. Had nothing to do with me bringing you on the show. Oh God! Hey, have have how 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 are the Cinedudes? What's going on in Cinedudes land? Uh, Cinedudes has been fun. We have actually taken a little bit of a break because Jess and I have teamed with June, and Movies from the Heart's taking a break because we are doing a new weekly podcast. We got five episodes up, um, and that's been fun to actually do that full time with those two. Um, it is called Apple to Oranges, an Apple TV Plus review show. You just, you know, you just like fuck these other shows. I'm doing a new one. Well, it's fun doing a weekly one, and now that like summer breaks happening, and pretty much one night a week, I'll always be free. So you that's the one we're gonna do. That's how I'm gonna build our audience here. I'm gonna jump around from different podcast to podcast. I'm gonna, just, and I'm gonna have people. <laughs> people just gotta fucking find me, Paul. You know what, dude? You gotta be like the Where's Waldo podcast. Yeah, like where's Brian this week? Which one's he doing now? <laughs> Which one he's doing? I know it's it's like trying to get into like that, that exclusive club, you know, and you got to show up there with an egg, and then you got to use a secret <laughs> password and all that shit. That's what I want my podcast to be like. That where you, you fucking you don't know velvet rope. Yeah, you don't know where I'm gonna be every week. You gotta fucking find my podcast, the Where's Waldo podcast, like you put it. Where in the world is? Brian, I, I couldn't really get that to, to swing too well. I'm not doing Rockefeller any justice. You said Rockefeller like it's one guy. That was Rockefeller. Oh, I'm, they were Rockapella. Rockapella, like like acapella, but they were like they were cooler, so they it was Rockapella. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know who Rockefeller is. <laughs> Individually, the they're Rockefeller. Rockefeller. That sounds like Rockefeller skank. Yeah, yeah, it's a Fat Boy Slim track. Oh. Right about now, the Funk Soul Brother. Oh, That's man. what I meant the whole time. I didn't. I'm so glad that Jake asked you to be on this week, Paul. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when I got the message from Jake, I felt like that scene in Indiana Jones where he holds up the scepter. I feel like I got summoned. You know, to get asked on by Jake was an honor. I feel like I James like, Garner talking to his fucking wife at the end of the notebook. She's going in and out. We don't know <laughs> when she's lucid, when she isn't. <laughs> oh, am I going in and out? No, no. Well, kind of, in a way. No, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm gun shy from my, I'm gun shy about my internet connection right now. Your internet connection is fine. You're, okay, I'm got, so nervous. Ah, <laughs> uh, see. No iTunes reviews this week. Jake's not on. He likes it when I read them when he's on. It's like a, like a little bedtime story for Jake or something. And he likes it when I, but you know what? I couldn't read any anyway because nobody's sending them. It's been, I think, three weeks or some shit, and uh, haven't gotten any. So thanks for all the fucking love uh, there. And uh, I do have, I want to I read an email here uh, that we got from uh, Lloyd Kachinka. And he says, hey, Brian, I listened to your breakdown of the Snake Eyes trailer. Did you guys watch the, tra- the Snake Eyes trailer? Yeah. Yep. And, and meant to shoot you a message sooner. Have you ever seen, and this is when I was talking about how I was like, why do they need to do a fucking Snake Eyes origin story? Why? I just don't get it. I don't get it. He goes, have you ever seen G.I. Joe Resolute? It was a short animated series that they, are pa- that they packaged into a movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It has the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow backstory as a subplot. I'm not sure the Snake Eyes movie will hold a candle to this. It's not streaming anywhere, so you'll have to acquire it another way. Enjoy and keep up the great work. Uh, Lloyd, I uh, appreciate the email. I looked up online, and you can only buy this on DVD uh, through Amazon. And I'm going to purchase it. I just got to wait for my next Amazon purchase to be over 25 bucks because this thing's like it's like a $5 DVD. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to get it and fucking watch it. Why not? But uh, I'm not going to fucking spend, you know, 7 bucks or whatever the fuck on shipping for a $5 DVD. So I got to wait until my... You know how, you guys know how Amazon works. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, cause I, I'm not Prime. I'm not a Prime, not a Prime member. Anyway. What? So, yeah. Oh, you're one of those. I'm one of those. I'm not a Prime member. <laughs> I don't even know how much Prime is. I use my, I use my sister's Prime login to watch all this shit. I don't know how Prime works. <laughs> I, I, is it like a, like a monthly membership to Prime? Yes. I- yeah, I think it's yearly. Ours is a year a yearly one, and it's I don't know when it hits. It's usually right around a hundred bucks for the year. Yeah, fuck yeah, that. I do the monthly. I do the monthly one. It's like thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. I ain't doing this shit. You ain't get me Bezos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 Whatever. I buy, I fucking buy everything off Amazon. Anyway, are you guys looking forward to this uh, this GI Joe Snake Eyes movie? No, I'm not really. I've, I've never was a huge GI Joe guy. The only time I was really introduced to it was when they had those like mock videos of the old cartoons, and people would dub. Oh yeah, their voices into them. That's my only experience. Oh, that's and cool. those are great. Those are funny. Those are funny, Paul. But that's a little. 
a childhood without G.I. Joe. That that's that's sad to me. <laughs> I was just after that. I was a childhood of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I got into the Turtles too. But before that, it was G.I. Joe Transformers for me. And uh, I'll watch this Resolute man. It's just I don't know if I need this. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. But I'm not. I still am not a big fan of this whole fucking uh, origin story. Joe, were you a G.I. Joe's kid? I know I had lots of the figures that I played with when I was a kid, but I didn't really, I didn't retain any of the lore. Like, like what Paul was saying, like the Ninja Turtles hit really big with me, and I had a bunch of those. And and I remember having GI Joes, but I don't have, I don't, I don't have a strong enough connection to the lore with it, so that the trailer didn't really affect me in the way that it did you. Yeah, I was more just looking at it from the, are we going to get good martial arts choreography out of this? Yeah, see and, that, and that's and that's great. And I'm sure they will. And I'm sure it'll look cool. But it's like, don't call it a Snake Eyes movie then. Just fucking make a martial arts movie. That's my... You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because the people who do have that really close connection, you know, with the lore of it, they, yeah. they're going to have that reaction. That's... Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's always bitter when, when there's a character that you grow up with and you feel like you know, and then there's a movie interpretation of it, and they change one of the most fundamental things of the character. It's like, right. well, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And it's like how, you know, if this is the origin story, is it a one-and-done movie at that point? Or, and you know, and, and if they expand the universe and we get more G.I. Joe films, are we going to have, you know, this actor come back and just have the mask on all the time without taking it off? That's my biggest issue, too. It's like, okay, do your little fucking origin story. And then after that, like, there's no reason to take the fucking mask off. So we'll see. I, I'm going to watch it in the theater. A hundred percent. I'm going to be watching this in the theater. And uh, if it's a great fucking movie, I'll let people know. I didn't think people, I didn't think we needed a Joker movie. And honestly, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. So, I mean, you know, they kept yeah. it separate. It was kind of like an Elseworld story and it was kind of like a one and done, but it's not a one and done because apparently they're still wanting to do a sequel. So we'll see. Um, do you think Warner Brothers is putting the cart before the horse there, paying him to fucking write the scene? Are you think we're gonna get this fucking? We talked about this last week. You think we're gonna get this Joker movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, do. yeah. If they give him enough cash, why wouldn't he? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I got yeah. gifts here. I gotta open some gifts, guys. People like the. Oh, nice. People love the. People love hearing me open gifts on a podcast. <laughs> the only <laughs> crinkly paper time. Yeah. <laughs> this first one comes from uh, Andrew Doyle. What'd you send me here, Andrew? Ah, and oh, this is why you wanted to know my shirt size. Oh shit, dude! This is fucking dope. Oh my god, it's a Rocky T-shirt, Rocky Philadelphia. Uh, it's got the outline of Rocky put, putting his hands up. You know, and he's got the boxing gloves on. Oh, my God. This is awesome. Thank you, dude. That is fucking awesome. Oh, I love that shirt. I don't own a Rocky shirt. That is fucking incredible. Oh, nice. Did you see the director's cut poster for Rocky Four? Yeah, I did. I did. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. I, what, what are your thoughts on that? On the director's cut? Yeah. I, I mean, they, no robot. You know my thoughts. But, yeah, I know your thoughts. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm all for it. I love Rocky Four. I was a huge fan of that one. I mean, pretty much a huge fan of that whole franchise. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching it when it comes out. 
Holy shit, man. This is Andrew Doyle. He's fucking, he lives in South Philly. That shirt is from fucking Philadelphia, man. That's a legit fucking Rocky shirt right there. That's really cool. Yeah. I, when I opened it up, it smelled like PA, man. It smelled like PA and like Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> oh, and he sent me a fucking letter, man. I'm going to read this shit. I'm going to read this. Sh- what does it say? Like handwritten? Yeah. No, he sent nice. me like, he sent me, well, he sent me, it, yeah, he, Calligraphy. Looks like a. Yeah. Well, that's really something. When somebody takes the time to hand write a letter. Well, no, it's a, hold on, hold on. I spoke too soon. I, it's not a letter inside. It's a Hallmark card. Hold on. It says on the front here, the star of Without Grace, the host with the most, Brian. Don't call me Brain. <laughs> and it goes, okay. It goes. Did I fart in this card? Maybe. But you opened it and checked. That's worse. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> And then he wrote me a little something here. I will, uh, I will read this later, man. Thank you so fucking much, Andrew Doyle. That is awesome. I also wanted to shout out Blake Perkins. Uh, Mondo had a Psycho Gorman poster, limited edition, limited to 175. And, uh, Blake Perkins messaged me and said he, he bought one of them for me. So thank you. That's fucking, he's like, I didn't even watch the movie. I bought it for you. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, man. Great listeners, Blake. great fucking listeners. And then I got Blake is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's a good dude. And I got one here from Eric. No, so thank you so much, Blake. Seriously, I I love that fucking poster, and I can't wait. I'm gonna buy a. It's an 18 by 24. I'm gonna buy a frame for it and frame that one. Throw it up on the wall. Got what the fuck? This is from Eric Marable, and he sent me. You got a retrogram. Someone must think you're pretty rad. What is what is inside here? Looks like it's a figure. What the fuck is this? It's a custom figure. What do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> Classic greetings, retrogram, collectible twist. Congrats on your shaved balls, and it's it's Chewbacca. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they, oh, I will be posting pictures of these. And throwing them up on the uh, Facebook page. Thank you, Eric Marable. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Guys, we've got a new contest. Uh, now on digital, Milo Gibson and Lawrence Fishburne star in Under the Stadium Lights, an inspirational true story of a town, high, of a small town high school football team who fought to beat the odds to turn their lives around and win their state championship. After a crushing defeat ended their prior season, everyone counted the Abilene Eagles out of the, out of title contention, facing doubts and personal challenges both on and off the field. It will take the guidance of their team chaplain and a surrogate father figure for them to realize what they can achieve when they stand united as a team. In this uplifting underdog story, the Abilene Eagles will once again soar in an incredible comeback that will be forever remembered in sports history. You can score your copy of Under the Stadium Lights. Buy or rent it today. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. And we're giving away five digital copies of Under the Stadium Lights. All you need to do I will send out a tweet and a Facebook post on this movie 
Take a screenshot after you've retweeted it or shared it on Facebook. Send it to comments at Pop Culture Leftovers with the title Under the Stadium Lights, and you will be entered to win a digital copy. And I will go over the winners next week. It's very exciting. I love sports movies. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for the arousing enthusiasm. Uh, Joe, Joe, you came in, you came in so fucking excited to be on the show, and I start talking about a football movie, and you fall asleep on me. I know, I'm like, like, how far do you have to go back in your memory banks before you found a sports movie that you really liked, Joe? I'm like, well, you liked Major League, and I'm like, you were a fucking child when you liked Major League. Oh my, are you, are you serious, Joe? You, you can't get into the sports movies? They always end up hooking me, but since I'm not really the biggest sports fan, I usually don't, like, seek them out. But, you know, I mean, if anything's well written, eventually I, I, there's so many movies I go into where I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy this because this isn't my thing. And then I'm usually teared up by the end of it. And I'm like, fuck, it got me again. <sighs> so, I mean, you know, it does happen. <laughs> now, you're the wrong guy to have on this one. <laughs> I fucking I opened up a Rocky shirt. Then I'm talking about this fucking under the stadium lights movie. And you're falling asleep <laughs> on me. Falling asleep on me. I will always readily admit that Rocky's a fucking great movie. Oh God! It's it's a damn perfect movie. Damn perfect movie. I love that movie so much. Um, yeah. So yeah, under the stadium list, we got. Uh, I'll announce the winners next week, and then we've got another contest next week. And that one, you'll definitely want to listen and enter for that one. That one is fucking awesome. I wish I could enter for this one. Next week's Ooh. is really fucking cool. Um, so tune in next week for uh, for the contest next week. Um, got a question for you. Would you watch? Have you guys ever seen the movie Cocoon? Oh God, Joe's going to be like, Joe, it has nothing to do with sports. Have you ever seen it? It's a science, <laughs> nothing to do with sports. Remember Cocoon with, with Wil- Wilford Brimley and Steve Gutenberg, Jessica Tandy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cocoon. Paul, have you ever seen Cocoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's where the old people are exposed to the, these aliens, and it makes them feel all young again. And uh, would you guys watch a porno version of Cocoon called Cuck-Coon, where the glowing aliens are just boning the old guy's wives in front of them? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> It definitely adds a new dimension to, the, to that genre of porn. Oh, right? Yeah, the lemon party genre. Like, and like what? And what's happened? Like, they're around these aliens, and the aliens make them feel young and reinvigorated, and then they're getting fucked by them as well. So, like, they're fucking doing shit that they haven't done in years. You know, fucking reverse cowgirl. They're throwing the legs up over their. The guy's shoulders and shit, they're, they're, they're very malleable and they're, they're very flexible again instead of worried about breaking hips and all that bullshit. These aliens have just like reinvigorated those sexual juices. <laughs> How did this come into your mind? <laughs> just- this is amazing. Well, I don't know, Paul. I, I love it, man. <laughs> Just perusing the the mature section of Pornhub and watching Cocoon at the same time. Yeah, like a whole title and synopsis is fucking awesome. I wish I thought like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Steve Gutenberg, it's like Steve Putenberg, like Poon Poontenberg, Poontenberg. <laughs> 
Just think about how E.T. had that long, glowing finger. <laughs> what, what are these aliens going to be like? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. And their fucking, their entire vagina just glows. Like, you can see, like, their body glowing through the, you know what I mean? You ever put, like, a flashlight underneath your hand and you see it glow and shit? <laughs> Oh man! Mm. <laughs> oh my God! Steve Puntenberg, <laughs> Jessica Randy? I don't know. I was like, Jessica grab me. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Oh, I like Jessica grab me. Yeah, <laughs> Wilford Rimley, Wilford Rimjob. <laughs> 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 yeah. Check your dick meat. Check it often. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's good. Check your dick meat. Check it often. <laughs> He's fucking slathering oatmeal all over Jessica Tandy's tits. <laughs> How them Quaker oats feel on your breasts. <laughs> Favorite part of the morning, Wilford. Thank you. Complete breakfast. Oh, man. Donna Michi is Donna me- eaching me out. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ready to jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah. Alright. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Guys, I have been doing this thing. If you didn't know, I've been doing this thing where I've been going to the theater uh, and watching the Fast and Furious movies every week. And yes. You just saw seven, right? I know six, six, oh, six. Okay. seven is next week, and then eight. And that's how math works, and then nine. But <laughs> so six was this week, and it was uh, Hobbs has Dominic and Brian reassemble their crew to take down a team of mercenaries. Dominic unexpectedly gets sidetracked with facing his presumed deceased girlfriend Letty. And, uh, yes, this is my first time seeing Furious 6. Got to see it in the theater, which is super exciting. And I remember that when I saw, uh, Fast 5, that it had a mid-credits scene. And it was the tease that, uh, Letty might still be alive. And in this one, it addresses that. And, uh, gotta, gotta tell you one thing. Gotta tell you one thing. It's just like everybody had to wait like two years between movies. I, guys, I'm getting like weekly satisfaction every yeah. week. And it is, it's been an incredible experience because for me, everybody that like saw like this really tied in with previous movies quite a bit. You know, you had, uh, you know, a lot of tie ins with, uh, 
the uh, with uh, Fast and Furious, the fourth movie, and then a lot of times with the last one, um, Shea Wiggum comes back into this one, and he was in the the fourth film, and fucking Brian gets you know punches him in the face again and he and he's like you know he's like again and i'm like holy shit i just saw that two weeks ago but people that watched this before had like not seen that in like probably like four years so unless you're watching these back to back there's a lot of things that you're missing that they really do tie in when you watch these you know back to back to back and this one i thought was was really fun you got um what's his name luke evans as the villain here playing um Shaw. And when they kept saying Shaw, I was like, oh, they're going to be introducing fucking Jason Statham. Not realizing that they're saving that for like the mid credit scene of this movie. And then that tied in with fucking Tokyo Drift. And I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I was kind of blown away by that. And then like this movie just does not let up. And I thought it did at one point. I thought it did at one point and it, and it was like, you know what? You're fucking wrong, dumbass. I'll get to that in a moment. But Joe Taslam's in this, Joe. Joe Taslam. Yeah. Dude, I just watched this for the first time too. No shit. What? Dude. Yeah. yeah Joe, I was fucking like, holy shit. I can't believe it had Joe Taslam in it. Um, and you know, amazing martial artist. Uh, I mean, he was, you know, sub zero. He was in, uh, the raid movies. He was in, uh, what was it? The night comes for us. Was that what it was called? Yeah. 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 What'd you think about this? Dude, I thought it was great. I, I mean, I've gone for years with hearing people talk about how fun these movies are. And I watched the first one when it came out and then didn't watch any of the follow-ups. And then I think sometime maybe last year, I was on a scenic cast and they watched Tokyo Drift for one of their, you know, the older movies that they were covering. And mm-hmm. so I went into that one without having watched the second one and having watched the first one, you know, like... Oh yeah, a decade plus before. Yeah, and so I went in Tokyo Drift, and I was like, "What? I didn't like it. I thought it was so dumb." But but now that I'm like caught back up with the series, now I'm like, "Okay, now I appreciate this movie, and I like it." Yeah, and I've been having so much fun, and and you saying that that you're doing this weekly thing is kind of what pushed me over the edge to to start watching them because I'm like, "Well, shit, I'm gonna listen to PCL every week, and if Brian's gonna talk about them every week." Yeah, you know, I'm going to watch them too, and so I just got on and bought it like a digital bundle. Oh, they nice. had all of them plus Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, and so I've been slowly working my way through them, and there, there is so much fun in this movie. the The opening scene uh, in this with those cars that that they made that can flip things, like oh god, yeah. Shit. Have you ever like, seen uh, it was a, it was an old Disney movie, and I think it was called Condor Man. It was made in like the seventies. That's not ringing a bell for me. They used to play it on Disney Channel a lot, and and what's fucking unfortunate is that Condor Man, as far as I know, is not on Disney Plus, and that is an absolute travesty because I fucking loved that movie as a kid. He was kind of like, I don't know, like a James Bondish type character, Um, but I think he like flew around in Condor wings or some shit. but uh he had he had a car that the front of it would slide down and so it would turn the car into a ramp and that was the first time i'd ever seen like another car like fly over a car like a ramp like that and nice. they used it in this and i instantly thought of condor man and but man those cars were fucking moving i felt like this movie was like did this come out after batman 
begins where the bat. I felt like it was moving like the Batmobile did. Oh yeah, this came out after that. Yeah, it felt like I know the Batmobile did like something completely different with the tires, and these tires were just like drifting. It just felt like they were drifting off to the side, like <laughs> yeah, like crazy. <laughs> lateral movements were fucking. They were so smooth. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh God. Re- really good villains in this one. Um, yeah. Uh, I liked all. I couldn't believe that we got Joe Taslim in it. Like, I couldn't I, either. I just stopped and stared at my TV. I'm like, that's Joe fucking Taslim. Like, no way. <laughs> yes. And no then, way. And then he <laughs> like, get... I just couldn't believe it. I was so delighted. And then he fucking fights Roman and Han, dude, and it was incredible. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and even like the and Letty fighting Gina Carano's character in this one was those are some great fucking fights between Both those two women. And uh man, I I was here's the thing. I I'm watching I'm watching what I thought was like the final act of the movie cuz this movie ran a little bit longer I felt like than some of the other Fast and Furious movies. This went for like 2 hours 10 minutes. I thought it was going to end much sooner. I didn't check the the length of the movie and they're fucking having this incredible like you know chase on this on on this on this bridge and everything and uh the tank is it's the tank scene where they're fucking just the tank is plowing over shit after they fucking caught the bad guy that was in the tank i was just like okay the movie's fucking over I had no clue that this movie was like, no, you're fucking wrong. And we have saved this amazing action set piece for the very end with this fucking gigantic plane, this huge cargo plane. And I was just, I was blown away by that action set piece. They, they really fucking put in a lot of, uh, money and, and great stunts in these movies. Like I was, I, 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 I love memorable action scenes and like I felt like the tank was very cool memorable in its own right but man when they did that fucking when they did that plane scene at the end I was just like holy shit man they went fucking balls to the wall with this movie and it was awesome and I, I just I can't fathom how they're going to top it in the next movie but knowing how many more movies are still ahead of us it's like well they're going to keep topping it and it's yeah. going to keep getting crazier and I don't know. I, I'm I'm here for them. I, I, I'm glad that that I've got all these ones on digital. And I'm gonna be able to watch them, and I can't wait for the ninth one to come out. Me either. Me either. This is all leading up to F9, and this has just been an incredible way to watch these movies by going to the theater. I really look forward to going to the theater every week. Uh, Fridays are are my day to 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 watch these fast movies. I sit in my F9 seat every fucking week. And I've been having a blast every fucking week. So, yeah, absolutely Tupperware Fast and Furious 6. I thought it was really, really good. And I love how, like, as nonsensical as some of the action is, and and I just love how they tie in all these movies. Like, you know, just and it was crazy because there were a scene with two women that were, you know, at one time they were both being considered to be cast as Wonder Woman, Gina Carano and Gal Gadot. And they're both on the screen at the same time. We know Gal Gadot got it, but it was just kind of cool to see both women that were kind of like, you know, being considered to be, you know, Wonder Woman in the DCEU on the screen together at the same time. And honestly, I think like this is the best thing I've ever seen Gina Carano act in ever. I think she's fucking terrible in pretty much everything else I've ever seen her in and thought that she was actually pretty good in this. 
I've yeah, never agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, it, I even did a double take at first. I don't know if cause, just because it was an older movie, but you know, is, is that Gina Carano? Oh, yeah, I guess I did see her name in the credits when this was opening up. So yeah, I thought yeah, she that's, was. That's what I, she's going to play. I thought she was horrendous in Deadpool, and I did not think that she was as good <laughs> as everybody thought she was in the fucking Mandalorian. And I, I, I will, I, I was banging that drum while that show was going on that she's just not that good. So. I thought that this is probably the best thing she's ever fucking done. Probably the only thing. <laughs> she's not going to be getting a lot of work anymore anyway. Um, guys, did you watch the Mayor of Easttown finale? You guys watching Mayor of Easttown? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. I'm not going to spoil it, man, but f- holy fuck. Twists and turns, Tupperware. Uh, fantastic. I hope it is a limited series. I hope they don't come back and do a second season. I don't need to see any more. This was perfect. This was perfect. I, I give it a Tupperware, man. I fucking loved it. What'd you think, Paul? Oh, absolute Tupperware. I was telling somebody at work, I said, this finale played out like a wrestling match where, like, you think it's going to go one way, then they change it up on you, like, four times, you know. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to see any more. I loved um, where they took all of us with these characters. Uh, just thought it was a fantastic series. And I loved the little nine minute making of season or making of the series that came on after. I thought that was really interesting, but yeah, absolute Tupperware. Yeah. What'd you think, Joe? Yeah. I'm going to give it a Tupperware too. It was a really, really fantastic season. And I agree. I hope they leave this as a one and done. Um, I, I know there's plenty of fans that would disagree with that. Um, you know, Mare's character was, you know, I mean, it was, it was a really engrossing character and I, I could see them doing more with it. But I also don't think they need to. Um, they did such a good job wrapping this up. And, you know, uh, just, just this story of coming to terms with grief and everything. And, and yeah. why, you know, w- why give her more shit to deal with to, to, to make more storylines going forward? You know, they left this one off so well that I'd be okay with it going that way. And, and I'm pretty sure I read something about the show's... Uh, creator getting signed for for more stuff with, with HBO. So, you know, even if it's not Mayor of Easttown, I think we'll see more creative ideas from from this guy coming to HBO soon. Yeah, I think that this is kind of like a, a resurgence for uh, Kate Winslet. And if Ryan Johnson is not looking to cast her in Knives Out Three, he is out of his fucking mind. She needs oh, to be. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a good yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, you know, Knives Out Two. He's probably already got it all planned out. He's probably got all the actors that he has in his head but he needs to, he needs to write something for her for knives out 3 that needs to happen i think like and I, you know i i think i think ryan johnson's good good with that you know and, and maybe I, I that's what i kind of like loved about the uh the kate hudson casting in um knives out 2 that we got cuz it was very kind of like left field casting you know she did a bunch of like rom-coms we all we all know her from almost famous which i i think is like probably her best movie in my opinion um yeah but honestly it's not like i can go through her filmography and be like yeah seen it seen it seen it haven't seen it seen it seen it seen it it's one of those things where i just i haven't watched a ton of kate hudson movies um but uh i think that he can kind of do with her what you know he what he did with tony collette and taking her out of like her comfort zone giving her something new to do here and I think I think she's gonna be I think she's gonna be I think she's gonna be great in Knives Out too. And if he God 
get Kate Winslet. Get Kate Winslet in there, man. I think she'd be oh, fucking man. a great addition to one of these Knives Out movies. So, yeah, Mayor of Easttown finale. If you got HBO Max, the Tupperware, this whole fucking, trust me, now that it's all out there and collected, just binge it. Binge the fuck out of it. If you need that instant satisfaction, if you don't like that week, you know, waiting the week uh, to, to, to watch the next episode, you can watch them all now on HBO Max. It's fucking incredible. Cruella. Cruella, this uh, hit the theaters and Disney uh, Plus with that premium price of $30, I believe. Uh, Stella is a young and clever grifter who's determined to make a name for herself in the fashion world. She soon meets a pair of thieves who appreciate her appetite for mischief. And together they build a life for themselves on the streets of London. However, when Estella begins befriends fashion legend Baroness Von Hellman, she embraces her wicked side to become the ruckus and revenge-bent Cruella. It's directed by Craig Gillespie with a screenplay by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara from a story by Aline Barash, McKenna, Kelly Marcel, and Steve Zeisis. Emma Stone stars as the title character with Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser. Former PCL guest Emily Beecham is in this movie. Uh, Kirby Howell Baptiste and Mark Strong in supporting roles. And, uh, yeah, it's set in the 1970s during the punk rock movement. And um, this is one of those where a couple weeks before it came out, I told Jake, I was like, yeah, I bought I bought tickets to go s- to see this in the theater. I'm going to go watch Cruella. And I'm one of, I guess I'm like one of the few people that I didn't really fucking care that they were making an origin story for Cruella. Cause like, you know, I saw 101 Dalmatians when I was a kid. I enjoyed the movie, but I was just like, man, if they make this movie and it's good or bad, it doesn't, it's not going to affect me one bit. And I actually, I saw the trailer and I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed the trailer and how like, good it looked in my opinion i didn't say anything on the podcast because i thought like all right people are gonna think i'm fucking crazy (laughs) then i watched this movie and um i'm gonna tell i'm here to tell you i fucking i i adore this movie i loved this movie i thought it was fantastic i thought the i thought the whole story um about this character becoming cruella was 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 really well done and um it looked great, and I, I thought Mark Strong. They didn't give him enough, but what he did do, he did well. I thought that um, Emma Thompson was fantastic as the Baroness. I thought the comedy beats that they hit with um, Paul Walter Hauser uh, from um, oh God, what have I seen him in? He was in Iton was Itania and Cobra Kai. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in Cobra Kai. I th- I thought that he was really funny. I laughed out loud many times in this movie, and um, I I really I really enjoyed Cruella a lot. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. I will I will probably watch this one again. I thought that this was was fantastic. Um, Paul, what did you think about Cruella? Yeah, man, when they announced that this was coming out, I haven't been a huge fan besides Jungle Book of all the live action ones that have been coming out. And I was not on board with this because I thought the Glenn Close one, even though it wasn't just based on her, I thought, like, how can you come close to Glenn Close? Um, And then I was like, well, she's the lead character. How are they going to make us sympathize with what we know from the cartoons as like an animal killer to get 
coats and stuff. And then uh, we saw this, and man, this is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. We have watched this multiple times on Disney+. Plus. It's a movie I'll gladly watch with the kids over and over. I thought the soundtrack was fucking amazing they like every song fit in perfectly with every like tone they were doing the fashion was awesome like you just felt like you were in 70s england um and like you said i think all the performance all the performances were awesome i thought her two uh you know, co-workers or whatever you want to call them, uh, Jasper and Horace were just fantastic. I love, I love that the, of... the, the joke that kept coming up was the angle. And when it finally hit, I fucking, I lost it. That was really funny. Oh, yeah. And um, all the, I love, I absolutely loved all the dogs in this movie. Um, all of them. I thought they were great. And I just, I loved all the little like twists and little twerks that they did to a story we all know where they kind of change some things to make sense of what they're trying to do. And the mid credit scene is just, Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, absolute Tupperware. Joe, what'd you think about Cruella? This is the one movie on this week's list that I didn't get to. And hearing you guys gush over it, I'm fucking kicking myself. Oh, Joe, you really, I think you missed out on a treat here, man. This is a, this is a really great movie. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, did you watch the trailer or were you just kind of like, I did. And I thought the trailer looked great. Yeah. And, and yeah, th- this one, like I said, I got everything else on the list watched. And then this one came down to it, and I did the math, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm not going to have enough time to finish it." And, right. and so I, I didn't get it started. But hearing you guys talk about it, and um, there was uh, a few different scenes in the trailer that I really, really liked. And <laughs> it all involved the fashion stuff, and so it like hit me as strange that you know, because I don't give a fuck about fashion. I, I live in nylon shorts and like graphic t-shirts, <laughs> but like you know, all the stuff in the trailer, I was like, "Damn, that looks really like." you know, visually interesting, visually appealing, and I just didn't get to it. But also, like, I, I know you're not the biggest fan of musicals, and so hearing you say that you adore it, I'm like, fuck, man, I I, I, I really wish I would have had time to watch it now. <laughs> so, I, well, it so had I could have added more to this. It but. featured music in it, but as far as I remember, Paul, I don't remember characters running around singing and shit. No, 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 no. Like, the soundtrack I was talking about was, like, Joe, they like take like music from the seventies. Like I oh, think they got, okay. uh, yeah, like man, they got so much good stuff. The Clash is in there. It's great. The soundtrack is amazing. But yeah, there's no singing like of the people like yeah. break out into a song and dance. Yeah, I would have okay. I would have checked out if that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't get that vibe from the trailer, but from some of the comments I was reading online, I thought I I misconstrued that and thought that it was maybe a musical. Uh, that would have taken me right out with the vibe that they set in this. Yeah. I was reading that, um, Paul Walter Hauser's character as Horace was, they drew inspiration for the role from the performance of Bob Hoskins as Mr. Smee and hook. Oh, I totally see that hook famously a movie I have never seen. Oh, that's good. I've that's never seen, I have never seen Hook. <laughs> that was one of my sick day movies when I was a little kid. If I had a sick day home from school, like the, you know, the, I, God damn, I lost track of the amount of times I watched that VHS of Hook. Yeah. Same. It's just one that got past me. I never watched Hook. I, 
People think I'm crazy. Yeah, it's just one of those things I've never watched. Yeah, Tupperware Cruella, I'm as surprised as you guys are that uh, it was as good as it was. I was, you know, I was impressed by the trailer. And then I, I'm telling you, it was a really fun experience watching this one in the theater. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Cruella, I Tupperware it. Um, Extreme on Netflix. This is uh, an action movie that, that dropped on Netflix, I believe it's a Spanish movie. And um have you ever have you ever wanted to see an action revenge story where the lead looks like John Cryer ate Biff Tannen from Back to the Future? <laughs> I thought it was a poor man's Andy Circus. Like he looked like a B list version of Andy Circus. He looked me. like That's John he looked like John fucking Cryer. He looked like Ducky, dude. How's <laughs> that you say that he fucking does? <laughs> he looked like Ducky on steroids, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Biff Tannen. He looked he, he looked like John Cryer ate Biff Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> Butthead. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, except the words aren't coming out when your lips are moving when yeah. you say that, yeah. Two years after the murder of his son and father, a retired hitman sets in motion a carefully crafted revenge plan against the killer, his own brother. Uh, this is... <laughs> it's fucking... It's Gladiator with guns and knives. It's. Did you guys catch that? And it's got a Gladiator reference in it too. It does. It, uh, yeah. It's, it's, here's, okay, if you watch, if you watch the movie Gladiator, you got, what is it, is it, what's his name? Max, Maximo, Maximilian? What's his name? The, Maximus. Russell, Maximus. Yeah, Maximus from fucking, uh, uh, Russell Crowe. And, you know, the king chooses Maximus to take over the kingdom. Um, cause he doesn't want to leave it to his son. And the exact same story happens here. And his name is Maximo. Yeah, and his fuck. name is Maximo. Yeah. <laughs> and they even, Paul, you're right. They, they reference the movie Gladiator in this movie. There's a character that can't remember his name. And he's like, it was like Max something. Like it was, it sounded like that character from fucking Gladiator, the movie. Like they tried to make a modern day Gladiator with, <laughs> you know, guns and knives in action. And it's it's just this fucking cheesy action movie with with this guy that I've never seen before who looks like John Cryer on steroids and <laughs> there's some cheesy fucking shit in this movie. I like the there's there's a scene in this where the this guy gets caught on fire like it's like in this this drug there's all this cocaine around and this guy gets caught on fire and the guy the villain lights his cigar off the off of the guy who's on fire and he says taste of death and i'm like oh my god this feels like a fucking late 80s early 90s cheesy action movie and I kind of like enjoyed it. It's not a fucking Tupperware. It's not even a high taste it. I'm going to give it a middle of the road taste it. But man, um, it, it had some really fun action, man. I, I don't know if I was supposed to laugh when his child was murdered, but I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> so many bullets. <laughs> it's like just so many bullets. How has he not run out? <laughs> and then there's this amazing bathroom fight. Yes. Where oh, yeah. he is using like one of the villains as a shield 
<laughs> while and he's maneuvering this guy around while the other men are accidentally like kicking and hitting this guy this entire time and i fucking i thought that that was a badass fight scene um there's a scene where like a grenade is dropped by one of the bad guys and he yells to another guy watch out as he then takes that man that he yelled watch out to and uses him as a shield Yes, <laughs> which I did not understand. No, it made no sense. It made watch out as he pushes that man in front of him, uses him again as another shield. This movie should have been called Human Shield. Oh, for real, Human Shieldo. <laughs> <laughs> uh paul what did you think about extreme not the band uh that sang more than words in the early 90s but what did you with uh with one gary sharone who then went on to be the lead singer for one album for van halen the worst van halen album ever put out but what did you think about extreme on netflix man i mean just like like everything about it is a toss up, but god damn it if I didn't love the shit out of this movie. <laughs> like God damn, it is so fucking terrible. Like this is I mean, Street Fighter is one of my favorite movies just because it sucks. Like I love dumb shit and this was so dumb. I loved everything about this. I love that you could tell when they had to speed up the fight scenes for him. Um when like people are like just fully missing kicks and they're connecting somehow. Um, in my notes, I have to change it from a poor man's Andy Circus to a poor man's John Cryer eating Biff. But, I mean, his brother was like a B-list version of Terry Silver from uh, Karate Kid 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the brother's henchman was like a C-list version of the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. Like, all of this was great. I mean... <laughs> They had any chance to get that sister, whoever the fuck she was, in like leggings at any chance they could and just zoom up on her ass. Like, and the fact that the guy that played Maximo wrote this movie makes it even better because it's so self indulging to him. This is his Rocky. Like, that's what <laughs> Sylvester Stallone did. <laughs> this is his fucking Rocky. <laughs> this, is, this is fucking, this is the Citizen Kane of shit movies. I mean, <laughs> at the very beginning when he got fucked up, I was like, oh, no, like, how is this movie going to continue? Like, he's not going to, like, he's, there's no way he can fight these guys. He's not up to it. But then when I saw that he had a car engine tied to a chain and he was lifting it, I was like, okay. Oh, God, we're yeah. In. We're fucking in, man. He's stabbing a bag of sand. I'm like, okay. I love the training montage with the young boy that he befriends Leo that leads to nowhere. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. No. There's nowhere. No, the best montage was when Leo was selling, like, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Brian. No, it's fine. Like, that – I just didn't understand the whole Leo – training montage like he befriends this young boy who almost gets killed by russians and then they're like hey let's work out and do martial arts together and then it's like yeah that was fun and nothing that leads to nothing i thought that the movie might be about him training this boy and then them going after the bad guys nothing to do with it the boy just continues to be a puss and get the shit kicked out of him throughout the entire movie like that that scene meant nothing Always in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think, like, okay, in these movies, don't you think they need to learn when 
to have your phone silenced and when to have your phone, the ringer on. Oh, for real. Because, like, they're yeah. trying to call him when he's knocked out in bed and the phone is silenced. But I can understand, on the flip side, that you might want to have the phone silenced when you're fighting bad guys or hiding from bad guys. That's a smart, <laughs> that's a smart thing to do. But, like, you've got to, like, you've, you've, when, when you're one of these action stars, you got to be aware of, like, when to silence your phone and when not to silence your phone. And, uh, that was one thing. Joe, what did you think about extreme? And guys, it's not with an E. It starts with an X. Extreme. <laughs> extreme. What did you think about extreme on Netflix? Yeah, this, this was, uh, a total B movie. Like it, it did. It felt like an 80s, 90s movie. It felt like an old, like Jean-Claude Van Damme movie or oh, something. Oh, like totally. That. Dude, where, this guy where, is like, um, he's like, he is like the Jean-Claude Van Damme that your mom does not want to fuck. <laughs> exactly right <laughs> like your mom is at the bar and all the other Jean-Claude Van Dams have been taken home and she's left there with this guy and she's like ah fuck it you're coming home with me John Cryer come on when he shaved his like when he trimmed his beard and he came out of the bathroom like it was supposed to be this big reveal I think my mom might have looked at him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dramatic coming out of a bathroom with a trim beard. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only redeeming quality of this movie is the, the martial arts choreography is pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, plot, terrible. I mean, in, in the movie's so much longer than it needs to be. There's so much shit in here that could be cut out. Um, the, the training montage with the kid, cause you think that's going to go somewhere. <laughs> Nowhere. He, he keeps going after the, like the, like the, that dude with the Easter Island head that, that killed his family. He keeps going after that guy. And it's like, you don't even know how to fight. And when that guy puts him in the hospital, it's cause he slaps him a half dozen times. Open hand slaps Open him hand a half slap. dozen times. And Leo's <laughs> in the hospital. <laughs> He's in the hospital with a fucking brain bleed. <laughs> and then it, the most ridiculous part to me is that it's like, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a Porsche on the road pulling a trailer. And so if the if the guy who heisted you is driving a Porsche with a trailer, it's got to fucking stand out. <laughs> who even puts a fucking hitch on one of those things? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god! Extreme. So many, so many weird choices in this. The the bad guy in it was so funny. It, how about the part where one of his henchmen ate his birthday cake? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> the best part was when he was holding his kid on a FaceTime call, and he's like, "I just want to hang out with my family," and then he just hands the kid off. I by the end of the movie, I forgot like why he was. I forgot that his son got murdered. Like I, for, I forgot like why he any of this happened, because he just seemed like he was totally over his dead son by the end of the movie. Because like you got Leo in the back seat talking about how the woman wants to fuck him, like oh you know, and I'm just like, all right, your son died a couple years ago, dude. It's so weird. It was such a weird movie. God, well, and then what's up with her being like? You know, oh, we've we've been planning this for two years. It has to go effortlessly. And then five minutes later, she's like, maybe we should just forget all this and go away. And, and then she's like mad at him that he's not going to just forget it and walk away. And it's like, what the fuck? I don't know. There was so much 
weird force drama in that relationship between those two. And then the, the little sparring session between them also with all the male gaze in it. And yeah, I don't know. At least her, at least that one paid off and she kind of did some ass kicking later on in the movie. But yeah. Oh yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Extreme guys. It's on Netflix. Check it out, man. I had fun watching it though. You know? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to watch this again, man. This is uh, awesome. Yeah, I'd also give it a taste bit. It's yeah, and, and purely just for the fights, and also it hits that nostalgia where it, it just feels, you know, just like a silly movie with a with a main lead, and the only reason this movie exists is to show you that this guy can kick ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, it accomplishes that. <laughs> yeah, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Paranormal Investigators. This one's on HBO Max, and it's also uh, released in the theater. I went ahead and saw this one in the theater. Uh, Paranormal Investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their career after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloodied young man walking down the road. Accused of murder, the suspect claims demonic possession as his defense, forcing the Warrens into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before. Directed by Michael Chavez... He did the uh, Curse of La Llorona, and uh, this film serves as a sequel to The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. It's the eighth installment in The Conjuring universe. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga reprise their roles as paranormal investigators and authors Ed and Lorraine Warren. And, uh, yeah, man... Uh, Saw this one in the theater. I wanted to see it in the theater. I didn't want any distractions. And I, I think it's great that HBO Max is dropping these at home for everybody to watch. But part of the reason that I see these in the theater is because I don't want the distractions. I just want to be able to sit down and for fucking, you know, hour and a half, two hours, I just want to be in the movie. I want, like, you know, if there are any of the scary moments, uh, I want I want that the audio from the from from the theater to hit me. Um, even if it's a cheesy jump scare, I want, I do want to feel that. I want to feel that and I want to feel it in the theater. So saw this one in the theater. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to pass it off. I'll give my rating here in a moment. But, uh, Paul, have you ever seen any of the Conjuring movies? And did you watch uh, this one? I don't even know if you saw it. Um, I, um, no, I, uh, I have not seen any of them up until yesterday. I am, I am a chicken shit. Uh, the only horror franchise I really like is It, and that's because it's kind of a little bit out there. Like, I saw Paranormal Activity, and I fucking had the light on for, like, fucking three nights in a row, and I was, like, 23 when that came out. So whenever I'd see the preview for these, I'd just be like, nope, like, not my thing, not entertaining. So I was texting Joe yesterday. I just did all three of them in a row just to get it done with during the day. You did not text Joe and be like, Joe, is this one going to scare me? Don't no, I, okay. no, I asked him if he watched them. <laughs> and Joe was also saying like, yeah, they're next level scary. Like like they're fucking fr- like I was freaked out, man, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I watched all three yesterday. Um and I'm really pissed off that I didn't get on these sooner cuz I would have loved to seen all three on the big screen. Uh the first one is an absolute Tupperware. The second one was a high taste it I really loved this third one because the first two, the Warrens were kind of always in the passenger seat, but like there's some stuff where we really get to see like Lorraine's gifts put on display. 
and I thought that was really cool, and I like kind of the whole, like, we're going to try to help solve this other crime. Uh, I'm going to give this a Tupperware, and I'm actually going to go see this in the theater tomorrow because I want that whole, um, like, the sound and everything. Because yeah, sitting at yeah. home, it didn't do it. Like, I mean, it was awesome, but it, I just felt like I could get a lot more from a movie like this being a dark theater with like the sound booming and all of that. So yeah, I really enjoyed this This is absolute Tupperware. Uh, The whole conjuring series is a lot of fun. Yeah. And and they've got other movies uh, in the conjuring universe uh, that you can watch Annabelle and Annabelle. uh, Is it Annabelle creation? Yeah. There's Annabelle and Annabelle creation. I believe there's a, there's a bunch of these movies. Joe, what did you think about the conjuring? The devil made me do it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a novice when it when it comes to scary movies, and that kind of the same thing that Paul was saying is that, you know, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be thinking about this shit and be like, I really wish I wouldn't have watched that <laughs> because, and, and I know it's completely irrational. Like the haunting of Hill House really fucked me up because I'd wake up in the middle of the night and just be laying there. There's no bent neck lady. Everything's fine. This is just your house. You've been here for a long time. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, I don't need to lay in the dark and have those thoughts at three in the morning, you know? And um, uh, the first Conjuring movie, though, man, I, I think that that one is, like, next level scary. Uh, there's, there's scenes in that movie that the first time I watched it, like, um, well, I'll just say the wardrobe scene. Like the first time I watched yes. that, like I, I think my heart maybe stopped in my chest, and I was wiping the backs of my legs afterwards. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was fucking scary. And then, I, and I give that one absolutely a Tupperware. And then the the second one, I felt like the second one was a bit long. Um, it seemed like it relied more on jump scares than than the first one did. Um, and so the second one would be more of a high tasted. Um, and so I was kind of excited going into this one. I, I didn't really know what we were gonna get. Uh, looking at the, the runtime on it, I knew it was shorter than than the 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 second one, and so I, th- I was excited about that because I felt like that was one of the detriments of the second one. Um, man, ultimately, it was like I really wanted to like this movie, but when when it was over, I just felt like I wasn't very satisfied with it. Uh, so, I mean, for this one, I'm going to give it a low taste. It uh, and it 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 really for me, it just all had to do with the plot. I I. I liked how the first ones were more ghost stories. And this one is, it's kind of a ghost story, but it's, and, and I don't want to spoil too much about this one, but it, it centers, you know, more around other aspects uh, of the occult. And, that, and, and so maybe, you know, my rating on this is, is being brought down a little bit just because I went into a movie w- with my own expectations and and I, I feel like in the past, generally, when I do go into movies with expectations, I'll, I'll, more than likely than not, the, those expectations aren't going to be met. And so I, I try and go into these things w- without it. But just being that I'd watched, you know, all these Conjuring movies this week leading up to it, I don't know. It, ju- it just fell short of the mark for me on that. So, yeah, just a low taste it for me on Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite uh, out of the... Uh you know, main conjuring movies that we've got. I'm going to give it a solid taste. It, I, I thought there were times where I was like, man, I'm really not digging this. And then the movie would bring me back in. Um, you know, it, it had some, had some elements, uh, that I thought were very interesting with, um, Lorraine's character. I really liked what they did with her in this movie quite a bit. 
Um, this is based on a real fucking murder, too, which I thought was, like, maybe to the detriment of the film. Um, it's, it's kind of a... I don't know too much about the real murder, but it's... You know, a lot of this is like, you know, that based on a true story. And I know that Ed and Lorraine Warren are, you know, real people and everything, but it just, it felt odd <laughs> to me that they, they really embellished a lot of this story and stuff. Um, but overall, I, I, I did have fun watching it. The movie moves. It's not like I was like bored and like, oh God, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Um, but I, I liked it enough to give it a taste it. Uh, it just wasn't, uh, I don't think it was, and this is from the same guy that did the curse of La Llorona, which I did not like. And so this is, this is an improvement, but uh, I just wish James Wan, if he wasn't doing other things, would just come back and like take the reins of this franchise again. That'd be nice to see him like not just be a producer, but just to come back and fucking return to these movies and, uh, and, um, you know, make another great fucking conjuring movie but i'll give it a taste it overall and you know if you get you you can watch this at home right now if you have hbo max and you can't beat that that's pretty fucking cool so uh yeah that is cool then at least there is the convenience to be able to watch it at home and i think all three of those movies are available on hbo max right now too there you go paul i'm glad that you're fucking i'm glad that paul's getting into this shit man we can start getting you into some fucking horror movies man you're just missing out because you just fucking you got in your head that you're a puss and you, you know what you're not a puss you can watch this shit man this shit's fun some of these some of these horror movies are fucking fun dude i like being scared i like being scared it's the real fucking it's the real fucking stories that like scare the shit out of me but man it was fucked up at the end when they're, they're playing like the audio of that exorcism and shit i had to turn it off i can't listen to that kind of shit dude i fucking i used to get on yeah, i get shut it that off too oh not me man i fucking i went down like a rabbit hole years ago where i was fucking like listening to like audio from like on youtube i was listening to audio from like real exorcisms performed by you know like Fuck fucking that. catholic priests and shit and it's like it's nuts dude it's yeah. fucking nuts I- Dude, that's just one of the things that I check off my list. When I'm laying awake at night and thinking about shit that I don't want to be thinking about, one of the safety things is like, well, let's go through the list. Have you fucked with a Ouija board recently? Uh Uh-uh. Have you listened to audio where there's demons talking? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. How long have you lived in this house without incident? Well, 15 years. That's probably pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> that's what my but, thought process was yesterday i'm like okay i've been in this house 11 years nothing weird has happened <laughs> so tonight if i'm freaking out it's all in my head <laughs> i got a cellar under my house that's only accessible through the outside of the house Fuck and that. oh yeah so in and, and it's it's fucking terrible like the the walls down there are it, it looks like hannibal lecter's cell in silence of the lambs you know where it's just that rough bare stone and and there's fucking spider webs everywhere. It's a low ceiling. The majority of the space is crawl space, you know, outside of Lecter's cell. And every once in a while, I have to go down there just to check the floor, right? Be like, is, 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 is water seeped in? Is the floor wet down there? And so a while back, I got smart, and I just put a $30 Wi-Fi camera down there. So now I can just pull up my phone and just check the floor down there. But, dude, even looking at that grainy black and white image on my phone like i don't look at it for long because i don't want (laughs) to leave that open i don't want to see something float into view i don't want to see something like the fucking grudge 
peek into that. Like, I'm That's what I want. That opportunity. That's what I want. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. That would no. be fucking like. Oh my god! Like holy Not shit! In your house? Why not? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, give me like Patrick Swayze ghost in my house. Dude, I had I used with that. I lived in a house that had okay. I moved into a house with a bunch of friends and there was a girl and she was like, Yeah, the house has there's a fucking there's a spirit in the house and I'm like Well the girl, she was kinda like I don't know, like she was cool, like a really good friend of mine, but she was kinda like, you know, eccentric and shit and whatever. So I was like, Whatever. She's kinda what are you talking about? There ain't no fucking spirit in this house and until something happened and then i was like fully i was full-on believing that there was definitely something in that fucking house man there was something in that fucking house because i had i had uh one night before i went to bed i had something like tapping me on the shoulder dude and there was nobody in that fucking room oh fuck that fuck that fuck that i'd be like see ya no i went i went back to bed i went to sleep <laughs> People think I'm like a baby, dude. I, I went, and then it happened two weeks later where I got tapped on the shoulder. But anyway, fucking months later, I had like new roommates move in, and they had no idea about the fucking the you know the spirit in the house, or whatever. And this guy Ben, my friend Ben, is upstairs, and he's like, "Yeah, I was." He's getting ready for work, and he's like combing his hair, and he's like. Um, guys, I was in the bathroom and I was combing my hair and, uh, something tapped me on the shoulder and I'm like, holy shit, you've been tapped. I've been tapped. And we had like this whole like conversation about it. Yeah. There's definitely something going on in that house, man. Oh, that's spooky. I got goosebumps. Uh, yeah. But it was only a tap. Like if, and everybody, like, you know, I tell people and they're like, why didn't you fucking leave the house? And I'm just like, it just tapped me. It just, it was a friendly tap. Now, if this thing would have shook the shit out of me, like, you know, <laughs> then I would have been like, well, fuck this. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> but it was it just knocks on your door like the police at three in the morning. Yeah. Trying, nope. to, eat your, trying to eat your macaroni and cheese and just get shaken. <laughs> <laughs> it used to, um, and it used to turn the water on up in the, uh, in the upstairs bathroom. It used to turn the water on. And um, one night, you know me going off on rants, one night I got really drunk and I said, I got really drunk one night and I started to yell at it. <laughs> and I was like, my friends were around and shit because we're talking about it. And I started yelling. I go, what are you, a dead fucking plumber? Is it, you're trying to su- tell us there's something wrong with our pipes? And I fucking went off on it and nothing ever happened again. I scared the ghost. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> the ghost is like this guy offended me so much i don't even want to haunt this place yeah fuck this, <laughs> fuck this guy fucking accusing me of being a plumber <laughs> I, i've talked about this on the podcast before but like i have there are like things that that i have like mentally prepared myself for that if i am ever encountered with these two things these, this is what I'm going to react with. Do you hear these stories of people fucking like in un- unsolved mysteries where they're like, yeah, I was in a hotel. This is an old hotel built in like, you know, fucking 1800s and shit. I was walking down the hallway and I saw a guy in a top hat and he looked at me and then he fucking like vanished in, 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 you know, thin air. And they're like, they're like, yeah, you know, it felt cold in the room and all this shit. 
I have like mentally prepared myself that if I ever see something like that in like an old hotel or like, like an old home or something like that, if I ever fucking see a physical presence, these ghosts have had it too good for too long scaring people that I am just going to fucking freak out on one. I'm going to go, bah! and I'm going to, I'm going to scare it before it can scare me <laughs> because they're not expecting that. They've had it too good for too long, Joe. <laughs> they don't expect it, not an offensive. You're they don't. That's why you're there, my friend. I have foof. But man, what if they, then it does that fucking thing like in Ghostbusters where it comes straight at you, you know? <laughs> it just sprints at you? <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, like the scene in the library in Ghostbusters that used to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> the other thing is if I ever am like within like a few feet of what I think is a fucking UFO. A fucking spaceship. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna throw a rock at it. <laughs> I'm gonna find the biggest rock, the biggest thing next to me. I'm gonna th chuck it at it. Cause you never hear that when you fucking hear these stories. You always hear about, yeah, I see the, saw the spaceship. I looked at it. You know, I, I was frozen. I couldn't move. If they interview me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I saw this big fucking spaceship. And then I fucking threw a rock at it as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or I just start banging on it with my fists. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> see if you can confuse them. Just helicopter your dick. Hell, you I'm, got it. I'm gonna start humping it. I'm gonna start humping <laughs> the spaceship. Is this really happening right now? This is happening right now. Local man fucks UFO. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys fuck, it, when they get that thing in Area 51, my DNA is gonna be all over that motherfucker. <laughs> I preemptively probed them. <laughs> No shit. Guys, deliver us. Like, have you seen Cocoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucked one of the alien buddies and made his friend watch. <laughs> deliver us from evil. Uh, this, this, I, I don't know when this dropped. I just, I literally went into a store and saw this on the shelf, so I bought it on Blu ray. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a South Korean action film. Uh, it follows Innam, a hitman who plans to retire after completing a final hit, but finds himself linked to a kidnapping case in Thailand and targeted by Ray, the man whose sibling he assassinated. It's written and directed by Hong Wan Chan, starring Huang Jung Min, Lee Jung Jae, and Park Jung Ming, and... I didn't know what to expect with this one. I just, I fucking, I, you know, I love these fucking, you know, South Korean action movies. I love Vietnam, these, like the new wave of Vietnamese action movies that are coming out. And, um, I was like, man, I just picked this one up on a whim. And, um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts, but I'm just going to, right out of the gate, I Tupperware this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. The villain is, and there's multiple villains, but you guys know who I'm talking about when I say the villain, the, oh, yeah. the dude with yeah. the tats on his neck and shit. That guy was fucking awesome. That guy was fucking incredible. And uh, this had some great action. I think you have a great protagonist here. Um, you've got people that you want to see fucking taken down. You've got people that are kidnapping children and then harvesting their organs and selling them off. Um 
to, to people, um, you know, the, and, and we got really close in one of these scenes to seeing that happen. And, um, man, I, I, I fucking thought that this movie was, was fantastic. Joe, what did you think about deliver us from evil? Yeah, dude, this movie was a fucking blast. It's like John Wick meets Taken. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, the the fight choreography in it was good, and yeah, the villain in this, the butcher, like just takes the cake. Yes, he's he's so fucking scary, and he's wow. I mean, what what a great character, and his his deal. <laughs> it's like, what what's the thing that he says? Like people like the th- the last thing people always say to me is you don't have to go this far right and it's like oh god and the links that he goes it's like just he has like a singular purpose yeah I mean, in that way you know he's the character in this that's almost more like john wick and i don't know this this was a great movie i tupperware it. i had so much fun with it um I was really, st- I mean, and also like selfishly, I was stoked to see so many martial arts movies on the list this week. Yeah. 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 This was, a, this was a surprise for me. Like, I never know what I'm going to get with these movies, man. But I, I mean, I've stumbled across some really great movies here lately as far as like some of these South Korean and, um, uh, yeah, I think the, the other one that I watched was like the swordsman was fantastic. Paul, what did you think about Deliberous from Evil? Yeah, um I am not like I I grew up on a lot of Bruce Lee movies, but I haven't been able to watch like the new wave. I'm going to get yelled at, but I haven't seen The Raid or anything. Um so like starting off, I'm like, "Oh, it's going to be a cool action movie." And at first I'm like, "Man, this is a like there's not a super lot of like crazy elaborate fight scenes." So I'm like, "Okay, I'm at like a a taste it." And then Yuli comes in and the whole character of Yuli, his little guide, uh, that's like his translator. I fell in love with that character and the butcher. And I just, I was so drawn into what, like, you know, you bring in stuff like that with kids and, oh, that was just some dark shit, but the way they handled it. And, you know, I thought our protagonist was awesome. This is an absolute Tupperware. I had such a fun time with this. Um, I definitely want to watch it again. Um, but yeah, the butcher, he was, he is quite, um, he's quite a memorable villain. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I just, I loved all the characters to put, to put such a hard ass good guy with a character, like who he gets put with to kind of be his guide and get him through the city was like, it was almost like a, like a, it was like a buddy cop part of the movie like they yeah. worked off each other so well i just loved all the dynamics in this movie it was fucking awesome it's i love it you've got this fuck he's a hitman and he fucking he's going out there and he's fucking taking care of bad people and then he fucking comes across he kills he kills this guy and the butcher is the brother of this guy that he killed and so like this guy is ju- just as menacing as like our main guy if not more Joe Joe compared him to fucking John Wick, and it's almost like yeah, if John Wick went bad, yeah, I mean, because it's just this guy that has this singular focus. The where if he's got it in his mind that he's going to kill you, yeah, that's all he cares about, and he's going to keep coming after you like a fucking Terminator. Yeah, dude, he even says he forgets why he wants to kill him, but he just knows he has to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man, this uh, and guys, this is on video on demand. You can rent it. It's called Deliver Us from Evil. You won't be disappointed dropping five bucks to rent this. Um, 
it'll probably end up on a streaming service. So if you did want to wait for it to drop on a streaming service, it'll probably arrive on a streaming service. Hopefully it'll find a home here and more people will be able to see it. This would be a good one for Netflix to pick up or Amazon or somebody. Might even show up on Haya, which is like the, the, uh, the martial arts streaming service that, you know, I've been, I've been diving into. But, um, that's gonna, the greatest name. That's it, the greatest oh shit. name. Tell me more about this. Is it, is that like a monthly fee for Haya or? Yeah, it's like five bucks. It's like five bucks for, and then they've got, they've got different collections. They've got like the Bruce Lee collection. They've got the Donnie Yen collection. They got the Jackie Chan collection. Um, and then they've got like a bunch of fucking movies that you probably ever, like ever heard of. They've got, um, oh god, I can't remember the name. It was a, the Vietnam, Vietnamese, uh, action movie that I reviewed, uh, probably like a year ago it's fucking on there it's fucking really good um but yeah hi yeah i'll give you access if you guys want to check it out yeah i might hit you up for that dude yeah i think you'll dig it it's got some really good movies all i think all the it man movies are on there um 300 versus one's on there i think the swords swordsman's on there um shadow oh fucking shadow if you want to watch like a really cool fucking um period piece indie film martial arts movie shadow is a great fucking one man it's really fucking good and that is on there as well i I actually want to buy that i want to have a physical copy of shadow because i'm like worried about that one not showing up on a streaming service in the future that's really good i think shadow might be on netflix as well if people want to check that one out it's really fucking good Housebroken on Fox. I'm not going to talk about this one too long because I thought it was terrible. It's an animated. I don't. I didn't even write down any notes on it at all. Housebroken. It's with fucking animals that get in a support group. It's animated and they have a support group. Lisa Kudrow's in it. I think Jason Mansukis is Jason Mansukis in it because it sounds like he's in it. Yeah. I guess. And um, I thought that this was so fucking stupid. I thought I tossed this. This is absolutely terrible in my opinion and i feel like paul loved it this was not on the list given to me oh so shit. i did not watch this did you watch it joe yeah i did i didn't hate it as much as you but <laughs> for me i was like i was like this feels like it's like pushing into like maybe trying to be like family guy you know like american dad type humor but and then just the whole concept with with the dogs and the or it, it's almost like Secret Life of Pets with like a, a therapy session. I mean, it was I didn't think it was terrible, but I didn't like it enough to where it's not something that I would ever seek out to watch anything more than the first episode. I I'd, I'd give it you know like a low taste. It Housebroken is dislike it enough to to. to it to is toss it. this this is dog shit, dude. This is dog <laughs> shit. This is terrible comedy. I didn't. <laughs> Not like this one, Joe, at all. And you think I would love it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like oh, I, God, I bet Paul would love it. <laughs> I feel like I don't know, man. I feel like this one might connect with you. Like you'd be like, ah, I love, yeah, man. Housebroken was fucking great, dude. Fucking talking dogs and shit. Ah, you know, I don't right, know. Cool. <laughs> the, the whole bit with the coyote also. I was just like, you know, I think coyotes like generally like honey dick house pets. So if they come out on their own and then they get eaten by a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. Do you know who voices the coyote in future episodes? No. It's Brian Tyree Henry is the coyote. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I mean, yeah, this is one of those shows where it's got a big cast. And, and do you think this is more just um, like, well, yeah, 2020, there wasn't many people working on site and it was easy for actors to get voice gigs and. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Like, and, and I, you know, I think Fox has like this whole, they're doing just, it feels like they're just doing a, a ton of animation too. Like they're trying to fill like that, you know, that animation block that they have like on Sunday nights, you know, you know, we've seen a lot of animated stuff. The hearts, what, what was it? The hearts was one of them. Oh, was it, what was it called? Bless the hearts. That was terrible. It was terrible. They had Duncanville, which is really good. Of course, they had the Simpsons and Family Guy. They should have American Dad. Are they still doing that on TBS? I love American Dad. Oh, I only ever catch reruns of it, and see, we we cut the cord a long time ago. So yeah. I've only got a handful of different streaming services, and I was able to catch this on on YouTube TV, but. Mm. Yeah, I haven't watched American Dad for a while, but man, that that show's fucking hilarious. Oh, I love American Dad. <laughs> All the different concepts that they get into, and that is just fantastic. Roger, I love oh Roger. <laughs> the one where where um, what's what's the son's name? Uh, Stan's the dad. Anyway, one of the the one of the sons' friends starts having sex with one of Roger's alter egos. <laughs> <laughs> is it like, is is it booger or I, snot? It, snot. It's snot. I think it's snot that's doing it. And like he's like, you're just jealous because I'm getting sniz on the rig. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and he's having sex with Roger, and he's like, Roger's just putting like a fucking racket ball in between his legs or something. Oh my god! He's like, I cut a hole in it. And he's giving it hell or something like that. It's fucking terrible. Oh my god! I fucking love Roger. Who watched The Waterman? Yeah, I did. I did. Yep. This is not the sequel to the 1998 Adam Sandler movie The Water Boy. Just want to make I sure. I was so confused for a while. I was too. I was like, where does Adam Sandler show up in this? Never once, not once. <laughs> Hoping to save his sick mother, a boy ventures into the remote wild horse forest to search for a mythical figure who possesses the secret to immortality. That figure is called the Waterman. This is directed. This is directed by David Oyelowo in his feature directorial debut from a screenplay by Emma Needle. It stars Oyelowo, Rosario Dawson, Lonnie Chavis, Amaya Miller, Alfred Molina, and Maria Bello. And um, yeah, this is a it's a movie. Yeah. It is a movie. What did you think about the Waterman, Joe? Well, when it first started, I was really stoked that it was only ninety minutes, and, and it, it did go really fast. Um, and so, yeah, going into this movie, I was like, "All right, I'm just watching this because it's on the list." And God damn, I'll tell you what, man. By the time the movie ended, like I was emotionally invested in it, and I was tearing up. Uh, I mean, this movie hooked me a lot more than I thought it would. I'd give it a high taste it. Um, I, I really liked what was going on in this is that I, I'm not going to spoil the ending of this, but the way things go in the ending, it's it kind of makes you think and and it, it leaves it in the viewer's hands as to, you know, what, what was really going on? What what was the Waterman? You know, what did Gunner really see? And. I mean, ultimately, it's this story about this father and this son who are, you know, somewhat estranged, kind of finding common ground and coming together. And, you know, I 
when I was a kid and I grew up, my dad worked swing shift. And so more often than not, I feel like when I look back on a lot of memories with my dad, it's, it's me getting yelled at and, and, you know, having more of that, you know, heart to heart, emotional connection with my mom and like, you know, interactions with my dad was, yeah, it's the wide eyed fucking guy that's going to yell at me about everything. And, and when, when Gunner's saying that he feels like, you know, there's just nothing that he does that's, that's good enough for his dad. You know, I was like, fuck, I kind of relate to that. Cause I, I struggled with a lot of those feelings when I was a kid. And so I, I feel like this movie kind of hit a little bit extra hard for me mm. that, that, you know, it was this story of this father and son, you know, ultimately coming together. And uh, the the setting in this movie was just beautiful taking place. And it's uh, forest in Oregon, right? And yes. yeah, so, I mean, I, I, this movie really surprised me. I, di- I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, and yeah, I'd give it a high taste. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Paul? Yeah, I'm going to give it a taste. It. Um, I don't know if it was just I kind of caught it this morning after something I was watching, and I kind of caught my attention drifting elsewhere. Um, I caught, like, what they were really trying to do, and I don't know. I mean, it just wasn't resonating with me. Um, I think it definitely has an audience for a lot of people. It just just today or whatever, I just wasn't really – connecting with it. it's not that i like hated it or didn't like it i just wasn't able to really get into it so i'm gonna give it a taste it yeah i'll give it a taste it as well um and i guess it's just like you know i saw the story going one way i was like man take it another way and they they didn't and yeah maybe that's just me maybe i should just let the story tell itself it was you know I don't know. It, it it was it was fine. It was a fine movie. Um some of the things I thought were kind of kind of odd like the girl that just lives out in the woods and tells stories of the waterman for payment. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I thought it was fine. I I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie. I'll give it a taste. It, it held my attention. I didn't think that the child actors were that great in it, to be quite honest with you. Um, Alfred Molina's character kind of confused me because... Yes. Right? I mean, the things that he was saying, that he was saying that actually... I don't, I don't want to spoil it in case somebody does want to watch it. Um but, uh, yeah, because everything I want to get into it to talk about with this movie is actually, like, full-on spoilers. It, it, yeah. it is hard because the, the real meat of the discussion of this movie kind of, to me, it centers around, you know, what happens at, at the end of that movie by the lake. Yeah. And and I feel like that's what where the real discussion in this yeah. lies. And, and, yeah, when you bring up Alfred Molina's character, that is really interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. It's But, but it, I can it, also see how... It, it's a it's a cool adventure for with kids. I I think like it's yeah. it's a really good kids movie because it's a really cool adventure movie where a kid goes on an adventure into the woods looking for this you know this 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 legendary character that may or may not be real the waterman who possesses the secret to immortality that he obtained and uh, this boy wants to 
you know, heal his sick mother who's dying. And he's got this wonderful connection with his mother. And you can really feel that in the movie. I think Rosario Dawson did a great job. Um, I think that the kid actor came into his own a little bit more towards the end of the movie. Um, I wasn't really feeling the kid, the kid character at the beginning of the movie. And then I felt it more as the movie went on. Um, the Alfred Molina, Alfred Molina is great in the movie. I just didn't, I had, I just didn't understand his character and what was really going on with that movie. It's, it's very ambiguous in a lot of ways, this movie, right, Joe? Very ambiguous. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's hard to talk about without Mm -hmm. giving anything away, but yeah, it is, it does have an ambiguous ending and, but I mean, ultimately this is just a story about this kid coming to terms with, you know, the, the, the fact that he is going to lose his mom because she has leukemia and, you know, he was estranged from his dad. His, his dad was in the military and had been overseas for years and years. And the kid's just really sensitive and his mom gets that. And his dad is, you know, more of a hard ass that's yeah. going to yell first. And, and like, you know, he's trying to connect with his kid, but he's trying to connect with his kid the way that, you know, he would. Like, he goes into his room, wakes him up early in the morning, like, hey, let's go toss a football around. Right. And, you know, without even realizing that, hey, he's standing on the kid's artwork and he, he's ruined it. He's ruined it, yeah. And so, you know, he goes in there with these great intentions of, oh, I'm going to, I'm taking the step forward and I'm, I'm reaching out trying to connect with my son and it goes horribly wrong. And, yeah, I, I yeah, this is. I don't know. This movie just had a lot of touchstones in it for me, I guess. But no, that's um, good. I mean, I, I was, I, I was fucking bawling like a baby at the end of this movie, dude. And I, I didn't expect that to happen. And so I, I feel like whenever that happens, you know, that's always a, a nice little bonus for me, especially if I can go into a movie from the beginning of, you know, I'm watching this because I have to put a check mark on a list, right? And, and, you right. Know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna review it with my friends later, and 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 when that happens, and it does like emotionally you know touch it's like wow that is that's really something and and you know this was uh his first uh you know directorial debut and i i felt like you know the movie looked great so i, I look forward to seeing more of what this guy does in the future yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's the water man uh it's uh it's 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 theatrical right now uh so uh it'll probably i'm not sure i don't know i don't think you can fucking uh i don't think you can rent that bad boy yet I'm not sure uh, Sweet Tooth on Netflix. This is based on uh comic book series from Jeff Lemire. Years after the Great Crumble changed everything, a hybrid deer boy forms an unlikely bond with a wandering loner. Together, they embark on an extraordinary adventure through the lush, dangerous world left behind, searching for the meaning of home. And uh, it's executive... The executive producer, writer, director, and co-showrunner is Jim Mickle. It stars Christian Convery as the boy Gus, Nanso Anozi as uh, Jeopard, Adil Akhtar as Dr. Singh, um, uh, Eliza Villani as Rani. Uh, we've got Stephanie as Bear, Dania Ramirez as Amy, Neil Sandilands as General Abbott, and Will Forte plays the father and uh of uh of gus and uh james brolin is the narrator on this one and uh yeah sweet tooth on netflix this dropped on friday eight episodes each episode's around anywhere from 40 minutes all the way up to maybe 55 minutes and um this is one i've been looking forward to H- have either of you read the comic 
No. No, I'm a huge Jeff Lemire fan, but this is one of his that I have not read. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I may have read an issue or two. It's nothing that I stuck on. Uh, I haven't read the whole series, but what do you think about about Sweet Tooth? Basically, we've got a world here where this, this thing happened, the Great Crumble, and all these children, all the children that are being born are animal hybrids. And these animal hybrid kids uh, don't really talk, most of them. Uh, of course, Sweet Tooth does, and there are, are some of these animal hybrids that do talk, but most of them don't talk, but they have they look they look like human animals. Uh, it looks it feels like it's the origin story for Zubily Zoo when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, so but there's also this virus that's been released that is harming humans. Humans are dying from this virus. So uh, you put two and two together. Uh, there's animal hybrid kids and this virus that's killing regular humans. And so you have a group of people. The, uh, that believe that the animal hybrids have something to do, their existence has something to do with the regular humans dying. So it forms a group called the Last Men that are trying to f- either you know find a cure and then also at the same time wipe out these animal hybrids. And that's basically this show. You follow this character of Sweet Tooth. His father has been taking care of him in the woods. The father played by Will Forte. And the father ends up getting sick. Spoilers for, like, the first episode. The father ends up getting sick and dying. And the kid is then forced to leave this place where he's lived, like, the first nine years of his life. And then go on this adventure to try and find his mother, who he's barely heard any stories about knows really nothing about but he's on the search for his mother and um you know befriends some people along the way that uh, that that help him on this journey and um yeah i want to know what you guys thought about this and how many episodes that you've watched in the series joe sweet tooth yeah i watched the first episode and i thought it was great great introduction to the the characters that are in this um the the world that's in this it yeah, it kind of feels like the stand, you know, in that, you know, this, this horrible virus goes all around and, and all these people are dropping dead and now all these babies are being born like th- these hybrids. And it's so strange. And, you know, it's a, it's a really great concept. It, it's, I love post apocalyptic stories. And, you know, being that this is based on a comic by Jeff Lemire, I'm excited to, to watch the rest of this. Um, I give that first episode of Tupperware. It was, it was really good. Um, Oh, man, they do a great job of endearing you to to Gus. Also, he's I mean they 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 pick the most adorable kid, and then you know you give him deer antlers and deer ears and stuff, and it, it's I don't know it's almost cute cuteness overload. <laughs> but but I loved how everything was going in, in that when you know him and his dad are living in this shack in the woods, and his dad's kind of you know got all this Swiss Family Robinson shit going on where where he's kind of rigged up all this stuff to make it so that they can live out in the woods and, and just live off the land. And, um, and then I, I like how it showed that time jump forward where it's like Gus knows how to do all this stuff, but you know, after a while, even if you have the skills to do a lot of stuff, when your tools start breaking and you don't have the skills to fix that stuff or pipes start breaking and, and, you know, you don't have the convenience to be able to just go to a hardware store and, and to, you know, put all that, 
on top of the fact that you're like, what, a 10-year-old kid that doesn't even really know what the world is? You've only lived in this little camp inside this fenced area your whole life. It's all you know. And, and man, just – just seeing that that step that that happens in the first episode where you know he's frustrated and he starts that fire during the day and it's just that big column of smoke and it's like oh no this is the start of your troubles you know Gus and then we start seeing some people come in and and you know not everybody in the world is 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 going to welcome him in fact a lot of people in the world are going to be a tremendous threat to him and and the fact that he runs into you know one good person and then you know that's who he's going to have this adventure with, and I know I'm 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 hopeful and worried <laughs> for Gus, and and I'm also kind of at the at the edge of it's like oh shit do I do I finish watching this show and just let the show be what it is mm-hmm. in my mind, or I love comics so much do I jump in and just buy the comic on Comicsology and read it real quick, um, but I mean regardless I'm going to be there for the the rest of this season because I love what they did in the first episode. It's a beloved comic. It's a beloved comic. I remember um, listening to comic book podcasts where they would just rave about, you know, Sweet Tooth. It's a very beloved comic. And so, like, this was a big deal for Netflix to do this. Um, what I am worried about, though, with this is I feel like, are they going to give this the Jupiter's uh, legacy mm, treatment? Yeah. Uh, where it's it's you know canceled after one season, which you know had that huge Mark Miller you know signing where you know we didn't get the magic order that it, that that was that was one of those shows from Mark Miller that was promised to us that they put a halt to that. Then we get Jupiter's Legacy, and then it's canceled after the first season. Um, and so, like, it, uh, is the same thing going to happen here with Sweet Tooth? And um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, we'll probably find out shortly, just like we did with Jupiter's Legacy. I'd say give it two, three weeks. We'll find out if we're getting a Sweet Tooth Season 2. Paul, wh- uh, how many episodes did you watch with Sweet Tooth? Yeah, I did this after The Conjuring, and I, I cranked out all eight because I'm um, afraid to go to sleep. So I just I just got all – I got the entire season done in one sitting. Um, and it was funny – Especially during the first couple episodes, I was like, man, do I really want to get super invested because of Netflix's track record of dropping shows like right away. But I am so glad I went through this. Um, a lot of what Joe said, I I am in like I'm in love with Gus. Like he is such a positive, hopeful character to follow. Like he's the perfect little guy to go on this just really dangerous journey with um, man, like the cinematography and like the landscapes and all the like environments and settings they go into are just beautifully shot. Uh, Will Forte. I mean, you know, a lot of us know him from Saturday Night Live and, you know, MacGruber and his comedy, but man, he really, he really stepped it up in this um, with his uh, dramatic uh, scenes and all that. Um, I do love like, you know, kind of jumping ahead like we do get to meet a lot more characters, both good and bad. We get a lot more cute characters to see. Uh, the villain is kind of over the top cartoony, but I he really looks like Dr. Robotnik. Him. He does. Yes, he does. That's what I have in my <laughs> notes. He looks like Dr. Robotnik. I enjoyed him. There's a couple storylines where I could have went without, but at the end of it, um, I'm glad I watched it. I really was on the edge of my seat the last two episodes. 
this gets a absolute Tupperware, and I will be heartbroken if it uh, if it does get canceled because I really want to see where these characters go from here, especially at the end. But just great writing, great acting all around, especially the chemistry between uh, they call him Big Man and Gus. Uh, love seeing their relationship go. So yeah, Tupperware all the way. I love the relationship between. Uh... Gus and the big man. I, I, I think that that's great. I watched, I also watched all eight episodes on this one. So I did finish the season. Um, I had to finish it. I felt like I had to finish it. Like I want to see where this goes. Um, I didn't love it as much as you though, Paul, I I will give this a high tasted overall. I I feel like it's weird, man. With Netflix, it's like they've got this, They've got certain shows that just feel like they're next level. Like I feel like when I watch like that, you know, like you know, Stranger Things, it feels like the the, the budget is just insane, and if it, it feels like they hold back on some, I felt like Jupiter's Legacy, they didn't give as much money to it as they should have, and and with Sweet Tooth, I think that they do a good job. I just, I I I don't know about you guys. Is 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 there like this? Netflix look to like these shows now that it doesn't feel like nothing. It doesn't feel like anything really stands out anymore. It feels like they all have like this same kind of like Netflix sheen. <laughs> Am I crazy here? I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I totally get what you're saying, but it's funny. Like for me, while I was watching, I'm like, man, they really went all out for this. Like, really? I feel like they really pulled out the stuff. So that's kind of yeah. funny that we have, I Two different sides of it. I just think like the, some of the some some of the animal kids just look so cheap. <laughs> well, I know which one you're. I, like there, there's especially one that does where it was kind of like okay, but I mean just the fact that I don't know. I just thought like the whole scope of it was pretty wild, and and like the settings we go to, yeah. and all that. But like yeah, I think you definitely. I think you can watch a Netflix original without like you can walk into somebody's house. And just kind of look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, this is a Netflix show." Yeah, yeah. What do you think uh, if there is a if this happened in the real world? Do you think the uh, you think the horse hybrid kid gets into porn? <laughs> <laughs> what category do you got to search Jesus to find that? <laughs> I'm just saying, hybrid horse porn. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, wouldn't it be ironic if he was like a horse hybrid, but he had a tiny cock? <laughs> oh, God, how unfortunate. It'd be like that scene in, in Bedazzled <laughs> where he wishes <laughs> to be the basketball player. <laughs> I have, I love that movie. Oh, my, I haven't so seen good. that in years, Joe. No, I haven't seen it in years either, but it's fucking great. I, it's one of those movies that randomly pops into my head. Just, oh, you know, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fantastic. Fraser. Yeah. And what, what's the lady from uh, Austin Powers? She's in that one too, isn't she? Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Bedazzled was fun. <laughs> Very fun movie. <laughs> Tup- Tupperware Bedazzled. I'll give this a high taste. It. I, I did. I, I Tupperware the relationship between Gus and the big man. I absolutely love that. I thought that the uh, the the animal king, like the the animal kids that they encounter, kind of stupid ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see where that goes in season two. <laughs> Not the animal. I'm talking about like the group of 
human kids that that took on animals. Oh, they animal. were fucking dumb. That's why I'm yes. glad they were. Yeah, no, no, that was stupid. Yes. Like at, like, at first I was a little excited because I got, like, a Lost Boys vibe, like, from Peter Pan. And then it quickly wore off on me. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, we get it. You can dress like a tiger. Here's a minor yeah. possible spoiler. Minor, it's just a guess. It's not. It's not even a spoiler, really. Because I'm just. It's a guess. But the little pig girl. That's like the younger sister of of Bear, right? Um. That there's not even. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty much all but. It's like like pretty much all but proven, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't want to say anything because. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Keep watching it. Keep watching it. I I think you'll really dig this one, man. Nice. Yeah, it's what, eight episodes? Eight episodes, yeah. Yeah, so I'll knock the rest of them out. Yeah. Um, I, st- I still haven't gotten on Jupiter's Legacy, though, so... Don't. Uh, what, what's the fucking point now? <laughs> That's kind of what I was feeling like. And um, I just recently binged all the comics that are out. There's like four volumes of, of the comic. And they're still putting out... They're still putting out, they're still putting out comics. That's right. Yeah, there, there's going to be another one that's coming out, so maybe later this year... Yeah, I think, I, well, yeah, it's a it's, continuation of the story. It picks up where Volume Four leaves off. Well, you can like right now for pre-orders, you can you can pre-order Number Three, so it's coming out very soon. Okay, yeah, in you know, in the comic history of Jupiter's Legacy is kind of weird too because it's like when it originally released, it was Volumes Three and Four released first as Jupiter's Legacy, and then he released a prequel series series called jupiter's circle yes yes and then after the show came out they renamed it all jupiter's legacy and now the jupiter's circle comics are actually considered volume one and volume two that's bizarre it threw me for a loop and i was like this is weird enough because like i bought them on in print a long time ago but i was going on vacation and so i just you know picked up the digitals on comiXology so i could easily read them on the trip and yeah, it threw me for a loop. I had to do some internet researching to be mm-hmm. like, am I reading this the right books here? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why are my print copies, you know, named different? Yeah, the artwork by Frank Quietly is really good. It's really very good. good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and as usual, I mean, Mark Miller. I mean, holy shit, it's such a great, such a great book. Yeah, and yeah, to 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 hear the lackluster reviews of the show, I was I was kind of let down. And and I I think they're still in development on the Magic Order. I thought I read. I really from, I thought that that got canceled. They need to make Huck. That's what they need to fucking make. Fucking yes. they you need to make Huck. That's oh god. It's like if if Forrest Gump was Superman. Oh shit! I haven't read that book. Okay, that's wait, one wait, on my list. Wait, was that Mark Miller or was that Todd McFarlane? That's Mark Miller. Okay. I'm pretty I'm ninety percent sure that that's fucking Mark Miller. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh Huck, Mark Miller. Yep. Yeah. Why did I think what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna shut up here. I'm gonna what have the fuck, to fuck Huck. <laughs> what the fuck, Huck? What the Huck? Uh last thing for good pop, bad pop, uh is it Lysy's story? Is it Lizzie's uh, story? Lisey's. Lisey's. Uh, Lisey's. Lisey's story on Apple TV. 
based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King and adapted by the author himself. Lisey's story is a deeply personal thriller that follows Lisey Landon, played by Julianne Moore, two years after the death of her husband, famous novelist Scott Landon, played by Clive Owen. A series of unsettling events cause Lisey to face memories of her marriage to Scott that she has deliberately blocked out of her mind, as in Many King stories, a linchpin of Lisey's story is mental illness. The wobbly territory between reality and paranoia is sensitively portrayed by Joan Allen in her role as Lisey's sister, Amanda, who is treated at a menstrual institution for uh, catatonia and self-harm, afflictions that mask otherworldly secrets. Jennifer Jason Lee plays the caretaker third sister, Darla, on the other hand, there's Jim Dooley, played by Dane DeHane, a deranged stalker whose single-minded quest for Scott's unpublished work has violent consequences for the family. It's a limited series. It's directed by Pablo Lorraine. Uh, it comes from J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions and Warner Brothers. And uh, like I said, it uh, also stars uh, Joan Allen, Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Dane DeHane with Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. And, uh, I fucking hated this. I watched the first episode, Paul. I fucking mm-hmm. hated this shit, man. I'm sorry. It, I'm it right is there with you. It is confusing as fuck. You got Clive Owen, like, there's this whole thing where he's like, she's got to follow these clues. And he's, he says, follow these clues, get your prize. And... I wish that this fucking show would follow a coherent story so we can get a prize as the viewer because this show is confusing as fuck and in the worst way ever. And uh, I love Stephen King, but if I have to watch another fucking moment of Clive Owen barfing up pool water into that lady's mouth again, I was going to lose it, man. That shit was fu- – this is so – this is such a weird – and it and you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I, people can tell me that it gets better in the second episode. I, I, I'm out. I am. I am tapping the fuck out of this. I tap the fuck. This show is just nonsensical, and I love Stephen King. But adapting his story, reading Stephen King, and then watching Stephen King on TV are two different fucking things. Because I love reading Stephen King, but my God. I, this is, I don't, half the time I was just like, I don't know what's going on here. And the, and, and there was nothing in this show to really make me care as to like what's going on. And I, cause I, I wasn't following anyone that I cared about in this. People are after his unpublished works. They're making his, um, you know, his widowed wife played by Julianne Moore, making her life hell. She's going through, she's having visions and, and losing her shit. Her, her fucking sister is, is, is being visited by her dead husband, uh, by, by Lisey's dead husband. And I didn't, Paul, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this, man. I have no idea what the fuck is going on in this show. It came off super pretentious too. Like I, I like rewound it a couple times and I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to let it go to the end. And then I saw there was a episode two. I'm like, oh, I'll just watch this later this week. Cause we got to talk about it. 
this week, but man, I, it's going to be hard to get through if they're all like this first one. Like, I'm trying too hard to be confusing. Um, yeah, like there was no character I could get behind. Like I hated the professor. I didn't care about Lisey, Lisey at all. Like Jennifer Jason Lee's hardly in it. Um, and it just jumps around. It was like trying too hard to confuse you. And it, it did a good job at that, but it was like, it was trying, it was trying to fuck with you. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's a toss it. I just, I hope it gets better, but I mean, I, after this first one, I don't think there's much hope for that. I don't care if it gets better or not, Paul, cause I'm fucking done. Fuck this show. <laughs> fuck no. it. No, they I fucked up. That. Oh yeah. Apple TV finally has a worm on their hands with this one. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're going to review this every week along with the other stuff that's coming out. So hopefully it picks up a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, Paul. <laughs> how, what is, oh, my. How are you going to? I can't. I, I would I would not be able to review this every week. I don't know how well, you're going to do it. The good thing is, is that we got uh, Mythic Quest going on right now that gets the majority of our time. And then the physical show comes out in a couple weeks. So we'll just put Lizzie's story. Unless June and Jess love it, they can talk about it all they want. Joe, um, I don't think you, you didn't watch it. You don't have Apple TV. Yeah, and this one wasn't on my list, and I feel like I dodged a bullet. So it's cool. Oh, God. It was t- – <laughs> oh, God. It was fucking terrible. And I was just like, oh, man, you know, fucking – you know, I'm, I was thinking like Apple TV you might be able to get this right. Even though it is Stephen King, and I'm I'm not knocking Stephen King. You don't. It, that's what I want people to think is like I love Stephen King. He's like probably one of my favorite. He's probably my top in my top three of authors of all time. I love reading Stephen King. This, but adapting his stories is just like notoriously, like famously, it's it's hard to do, and. Yeah. um this is just another case for me where I was just watching the events unfold in this. And I was, I was checked out, man. I was like, you know, and like, I'm fucking 10 minutes in Paul. And I'm just like, okay, we're not supposed to know what's going on yet. And then we're like 10 minutes before it ends. And I'm just like, are we not supposed to know what's going on? Yes. Yes. That's why I like it felt a little pretentious. It's like, it's trying to be too smart for us to figure it out. Right. It was weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. 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 If, fuck Lisey's story. I don't care how it ends. Fuck it. Yeah, it's not going to... I have a feeling it's not going to have the Russian doll come back. No. At all. No. No. I, I, I'm done. I'm done. And I don't care. I don't care how many people fucking tell me that it gets better. If you tell me I'm out, I don't care. Stephen King himself could call me up on the fucking phone <laughs> and say, Brian, it gets better. And I'm Stephen out. King says, he says all of his adaptations are great. I'm except out. for Shining, but he, he'll always say his adaptations are, are good. Yeah. I thought it was cramp. Let's the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's take a break and come back and we'll do the pop culture leftovers news sounds good we went fucking two hours no piss break we went through good pop bad pop in two hours it would have fucking if jake was here we would have been we would have had three pisses so far 
<laughs> that's how that's how I should do timestamps. It's just like <laughs> Jake piss break. Yeah, instead of timestamps, I'll just do piss break one, piss break two, piss break three. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we'll be back with the pop culture leftovers news. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You should head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon shopping link for all your shopping needs. Ooh, yeah. The cream of the crop always rise to the top, dig it? Speaking of cream, you can probably buy it on Amazon. Not 100% sure. Yeah. To all my little Hulkamaniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you will never go wrong, brother. And listen, dude, you can buy those vitamins through the Amazon shopping link on popcultureleftovers.com. Ooh, yeah. I just bought a neon orange cowboy hat and a curtain of Slim Jims. Step into a Slim Jim. Head on over to popcultureleftovers.com now and use the link. Because what you going to do, brother? When pop culture leftovers runs wild on you. All right. Hey, we are back. It is now time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. It's the leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. Gangsters fuck news. You know, God damn it. I, before we jump into this, I just want to say fuck Comcast. <laughs> I've never heard anything good about that company. They're fucking terrible, dude. It's like, <laughs> in order for me to get the fastest internet, I gotta go through Comcast. Otherwise, it's like Frontier and they offer like 25 megabits per second. It's fucking terrible. And, uh, yeah, so I fucking go through Comcast. And so, in one of my bedrooms, uh, I don't have the, like, the best coverage in, in, it's, it's in a far bedroom, and I like to watch TV in, in that bedroom at night, and, uh, and so I don't have great coverage, and they, and they got these devices called the X-Fi Pods that you're supposed to be able to plug in, and it extends your coverage throughout your house, and I'm like, holy shit, uh, fucked up thing is, is like, on my Roku, um, I can watch everything except for Apple TV Plus in that room. And it's because I I can't explain it, but if I move that particular Roku closer to the modem, I can watch everything on Apple TV Plus. It's just because it's on the other side of the house, it won't open the app. It's just that so far. It, it doesn't so recognize it doesn't recognize your Wi-Fi extender or something? Well, here okay. I hadn't I just got the Wi-Fi extender. Oh, okay. And so once I got the Wi-Fi extender, I'm like, okay, this will fix all the problems. Let's get it set up. And then I find out that I have to have a completely new modem. Oh, God. So Dude. then they were like, okay, we'll send you out the modem free of charge. Awesome. Okay, cool. So I get the fucking modem in the mail a few days later, and I'm setting up the modem. And uh, I have to call in because they're like, you can set it up through the app. Well, I the app isn't working for me. And so, like, that's an issue for me. So I'm talking to the people at, you know, Comcast Xfinity about, like, well, you know, I've told them that the app won't open. I tell them the error message that I get, blah, blah, blah. And they're they're telling me all these things that I need to do 
to get this set up and shit. She activates the fucking modem, and then I try to log on to my Roku with the mo through the Wi-Fi, and it won't work. I try to fuck it. I try both Roku's. They both fucking won't work. It works with a direct connection. I can log into the internet. I, the Wi-Fi is working on my PC. It's just not my Roku. My fucking Roku's not recognizing it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And they have me going through all this fucking bullshit. And um, I'm on the phone for an hour now trying to get the shit figured out. And I finally just flip the fuck out. And I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done, Joe. I'm fucking done, Paul. I'm done with them. I've already told them. They're, they keep telling me to go to the Xfinity app. And I'm like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. We've been through this. The app is not working for me. I tell you exactly what happens when I fucking go to the app. What error message it tells me. I said, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Are you even listening to me? And so then, and so then I'm just like, listen, I just want to get my old modem set back up. I'll just, you know, what? I'm going to ship all this crap back to you. I'm done. I'm done. And so they get my old modem sent back up, and I'm like, okay, now I need to send this shit back to you because you guys charged me because I the the Wi-Fi pod cost me 120 bucks. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I'm just gonna ship it back to you. How, what do I need to do? They're like, go to your Xfinity store. So I pack up everything and I go to the fucking Xfinity store. I take the modem, I take the Xfi pod. These fucking people that work at the Xfinity stores are fucking assholes. So this one guy, I'm like. Uh, yeah, I, I'm here to return the modem in this XFi pod. Then I'm told, oh, you can return the modem, but you can't return the XFi pod. Well, you uh, just fucking own that now? And I, and, well, he basically said that, yeah, we can't credit you for the XFi pod. You own it. And there's nothing we can do. And then some other fucking jackass who's sitting on a stool who doesn't have the fucking courtesy to just get up off this fucking stool. And he just fucking just sits there like a fucking smug piece of shit. And he's like, yeah, we can't take those back. That's from the fucking, they, you know, they, they sent that out to you. You bought that from them. And like, and I'm thinking to myself, I fucking bought it over the, I got the fucking modem from them over the phone. If I got the fucking modem from them over the phone, why the fuck can't you take back the X-Fi pod, too? Dude. So they, they take back the fucking modem, but they won't take the X-Fi pod. And then I fucking call into Xfinity, and I'm like, I got to return this fucking X-Fi pod. And, uh, and I go, why didn't you guys tell me before that they won't take these back? And they never give me an answer to that question. And then they're like, uh, we're going to – then I'm like, so how do I send this back? She's like, I'm going to send you an email with the instructions on how to on how to send this back. I'm like, why can't you just tell me, like, what those instructions are now over the phone, you know, so I have an idea of what I'm going to be doing to send this fucking device back to you. And she's like, she's like, that's confidential information. I'm like – I. Confidential information. I, you act like this is like like I'm asking for government secrets here. And I said this to her. I said, you're acting like these are government secrets that I'm asking for. You're the company. This is your product. Why can't you fucking tell me why you guys can't fucking just tell me why you uh, what, what the instructions are and take this back? I just want to know what to expect. Are you guys going to send me shipping labels? Do I uh, – because if – this is what I'm worried about, that they're going to send me some – fucking email telling me that i need to go back to the xfinity store yo no shit 
Well, and it, it, you're not asking a customer service representative a hard question here. <laughs> it, I like, know. Fucking come on. And so I tell her, I said, if I get instructions telling me to go to an Xfinity store and return this, and I just told you that I went to the Xfinity store to return this, and they wouldn't accept it, they, they would accept it, they refused it, I go, that's going to be pretty fucking stupid. Well, and here's the other thing. She's not going to tell you over the phone because it's confidential, but she's going to put it in an email and send it to you because to read this information with your eyeballs is not confidential. Yeah. What the fuck? You're a dumb fucking idiot, and this company is absolutely terrible. So she, I finally break her, and she tells me that they're going to send me an email within 24 to 48 hours that'll have like the shipping information that I need to, I guess, put on a UPS, have UPS come out here and pick it up and all this shit, and then they'll credit my account. So I don't know, man. I just, honestly, people, if you can go with anybody, but this is just me bitching about Xfinity. If you can go with any other internet service provider other than Xfinity, please do it. Do yourself a fucking favor. And then also, oh God, they're a nightmare to just get a hold of and talk to somebody. They got that automated system at the beginning. And I just, I, it's like at two hours out of my life that I, I was fucking pissed off before we even started recording because of this fucking Xfinity bullshit Dude. today. Dude, I feel you so hard. I just had like a month of hell with fucking AT&T. Like I just finally, we made this fucking, we got our internet together when she still lived here and I wanted to transfer it over to my name, but we had to wait for the contract to come on. I'm like, Oh, can we just put it now on my account? They're like, well, it was made with her social security number. We can't transfer. I'm like, okay, just fine. Whatever. I'll start a new service. Like you guys just upgraded like fucking. And they're like, Oh yeah, we'll send it to you in the mail and you can just easily activate it at home. Just set up the router, go online and blah, blah, blah. And, that day comes on on a Friday when I have to teach at home. I need the internet, and nothing happens. So I called. They're like, uh, "Oh yeah, like I even said to them, I go, do people have to come by?" And they're like, "Absolutely not." I'm like, "Good, because I need to figure out like if I need to be home or if I have to make accommodations to do something else for work that day." And they're like, "No, no, 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 you'll be up and running at 6 a.m. Nothing fucking happens." They're like, "Oh, I'll be at 8 a.m." I'm like, well, I have to be working at 8. So I go to a fucking Starbucks all day on Friday, and all these customers are hearing me shout about, like, Batman fingers and pizza dog ears, and I'm annoying the fuck out of everybody. I get home, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, people actually do have to come to your house, but they just have to come to the outside. They'll be there between 8 and 6. So 6 o'clock comes. They never show up. They give you a fucking 10-hour window? 10-hour window. 10-hour window, and this happened on a Friday, 10-hour window, and I'm talking to them, and they're like, yeah, the next time, like, they're like, yeah, they missed your appointment, so the next time they can come back is on a Thursday. I'm like, so I'm like, I'm not going to have internet for a whole fucking week? And they're like, sorry, and I'm like, dude, if if I'm the last appointment missed, I should be the first appointment the next day. No shit. So... Like, I'm talking, and, and this is the weekend I have my kids. I'm spending most of, the, like, Saturday on the phone, and this guy, at first, is real cool. Like, I'm telling him all about it. I'm like, dude, I'm a teacher. Like, 
there's some days where we get called like, Hey, there's been like a kid with symptoms in your hallway. Like everyone has to go home for like three days. I go, what do I got to do for three days? I got to go to fucking Starbucks. And he's like, Oh, like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, I get that you didn't do this. I go, but I'm sick of hearing the sorries. I go, AT&T has just been terrible. And he goes, look, he goes, I know you think you have a real tough job playing YouTube videos online to kids, but you're not going to break me. What the wow. fuck? Fuck you, bro. I go, I'm not trying to fucking rattle you. And he he keeps interrupting me. He goes, you're not going to rattle me. And I'm just like, I'm starting to get pissed. And then he goes, like, I'm sorry that teaching's been so hard to do at home. You can't rattle me. I go, I hope you watch somebody you love get hurt. And he goes, whoa, whoa, you can't. And I go, okay, I feel really bad for saying that. But when you keep saying I'm not going to rattle you, don't fucking challenge me. Just fix the internet. And it's this whole thing where finally I call Spectrum. And I'm like, when's the quickest you can get here? And they're like, we'll be there in 20 minutes. Wow. So call AT&T. I'm just like, I'm done with your uh, with your internet. And they're like, yeah, but we still have you for phone service, and you've been a Platinum member, we can give you a $25 credit for all this. $25. And I actually have the Spectrum person on the phone on a three-way call, and they're like, yeah, we can give you, like, what you're paying now for half with, like, unlimited data. I'm like, okay, well, buy AT&T, so... Fuck AT&T as well, Brian. Yeah, fuck Xfinity too. I, dude, I, when I was at the Xfinity store and they were like, yeah, you need to call customer service, I said, well... Can't you call for me? Basically just saying like, I just yes. want you to, I want you to be there as we talk to them together. And they're like, they're like, know no. what they're saying. They said no. And this guy's still sitting on his fucking stool the entire time and hasn't fucking moved from his fucking stool. Just sitting on his fucking, you little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet. Fuck you, you son of a bitch. You motherfucking stool, motherfucker. And he hasn't like, moved from his fucking stool this entire time. And uh, it's like, do you even fucking work there? Are you fucking Norm from Cheers? What the fuck are you? What the? Who the fuck are you, stool boy? I was talking to this guy, and I got stool boy over here fucking over, <laughs> y- y- yammering on about some bullshit. And then uh, I had fucking four people trying to help me with this, basically. I had four people saying, we can't fucking do anything for you. And the one thing that they fucking did was return the item there. I was supposed to throw it in a bin. Just put it in a bin, and they'll take care of it later. I said, no, you're going to do this for me now because I want a receipt showing that I returned this. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like – and the motherfucker still had the nerve to say – don't worry. We're going to get to the news. Now the listeners are pissing me off because they want us to get to the fucking news. (laughs) Now you're pissing me the fuck off. Don't be these Xfinity fucks. All right? Let me just fucking rant for a little bit. Let me just have a little fucking therapy session with my fucking friends, Paul and fucking Joe, the people that fucking understand me right now. Listeners, I, I apologize. Join Patreon. Um, but what, but it's, it's like I had four fucking people fucking chirping all this fucking bullshit at me saying, and all four, nope, nobody's, nobody's fucking offering solutions. Everybody's telling me what they can't do. You know what I mean? It's like it's like if you fuck if there if there were superheroes in a in the, in the real world, and the superhero that shows up to like help you and your family as you're going through a disaster, that superhero shows up and says, "Ah, shit, that's that's something I can't do. I I, I apologize. You and your family are gonna die." Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck these fuck these companies. Fuck them all. 
AT&T called me yesterday like, hey, you still have our modems. And, like, we used to have cable through them. Like, you have a receiver. Like, if you don't return that by um, June 10th, you're looking at, like, over $700. I go, oh, oh, we just care about the money now. We don't give a fuck about when I need you guys, but you're quick to call to make sure I get the shit back. Oh, I'm sorry I rattled you, AT&T. Oh, fuck oh, that okay. guy, dude. He's fuck my him. best friends with fucking... Uh, fucking stool boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, dude. If you're ever on a call and a, and a fucking customer service rep starts saying shit about, oh, I'm real sorry your job's been hard and you can't rattle me. It basically anything that's not just professional. I asked for the manager. CSR, right yeah, that, I was gonna say that's the first. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna try and rattle you, but I am gonna talk to your manager. I have done that like, before. I have done that before, and they fucking put me on hold, hoping that I'm gonna hang up. Oh, I'll stay on. And I, yeah, stay I stay on. Oh, before you go on hold, you ask for their full name. So then if they do do that, then you just call back and be like, yeah, I need to talk to so-and-so's supervisor. Yeah. Fuck so-and-so's a piece of shit. <laughs> so-and-so shouldn't be a face of your company because they clearly can't handle basic customer service. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with some people? Here's, I, I think some companies yeah. also, they get so large that there's so much internal bureaucracy that it's just an absolute shit show. And I think Comcast is is one of those. Any place that that, or, or like with Paul, with them saying like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna be there Friday," and then they miss it, and it's like, "Oh, now we're gonna be there what four business days later?" Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. And the guy from like, and it was crazy because they're like, because the guy from Spectrum actually had to come, like he actually had to come and make sure I had the connection because I'd never, I've only had AT and T in this house for fucking eleven years, and. Like, I'm leaving work, and they said, like, he'll be there, like, at 5 o'clock. And I got off the phone with them, and I get home from work 20 minutes later, and I see this van parked in front of my house, and this guy comes out. He's like, I'm supposed to be here at 5, but I've been told you've had, like, the jerk around with AT&T, and I wanted to make sure I could get <laughs> that's here That's awesome. Possible. See? That's capitalism and fucking action. You, I did business with this other place for a long time. They sucked. I fired them. I went to somebody else that's going to treat me better. And they're the ones who should get your business. Man, here's You're the thing. Money I, for a service, there's nothing wrong with demanding good service. I don't have any other options for faster internet here in my area. Like if 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 fucking there was like a, you know, like a like a Google Fiber or something available that I could go to, I would I would try somebody else out. I'm just kind of like. Comcast has got me by the balls here. I have to, in in order to have fast internet and be able to talk to you guys and do this podcast. And that's one of the things. It was like, you know, our listeners do this Patreon. They, they fucking, you know, they, they support the podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm going to use some of this money to buy one of these XY pods. That way I can watch this show in the bedroom that I'm mostly in. And now I have to fucking go clear across the other side of the house just to watch Apple TV. And it's like it's it's such an inconvenience sometimes. Yeah, yeah, first world problems. Fuck you. you uh, just try getting just a different Wi-Fi extender and seeing if that works in your house. I will do that. I will do because that, Joe. My dad did that. He's got a a smoker that's Wi-Fi capable, and it doesn't. His you know router in his house didn't quite reach out to where it was, you know where his smoker was in the backyard, and so he just got on i think amazon and got a wi-fi extender plugged it in his garage and now he's good to go i'm gonna try that i'm gonna fucking try that because I've, I've added more wi-fi devices in my house and it's pulling you know it's 
it, it's pulling that uh, that bandwidth, and now I, I just can't watch Apple TV in that one fucking room, and it's driving <laughs> me nuts. I bought these air purifiers. And it was, and then the worst. And oh, the worst part is you had to watch Lizy's story. I had to watch Lizy's story in a room that I don't want to be in. <laughs> Fucking A, man. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you really got the jerk around. No shit. Dude, and you should at the end of this fucking fucking this Xfinity call, this Comcast call that I was on, dude, at the end of it, they have to go over like what they did for you that day. And it was the funniest, most hilarious thing I've ever heard. She's like, so when you first called, you had this issue with the X pod and we did it was like the most roundabout way to say that you called in and we did nothing for you. <laughs> but, there's a record of it. We are the weakest one. And it's like at that point I'm just thinking to myself, Brian, are you just gonna fucking go off of this lady? But no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I did. I did get a. I did get a little upset over the phone. But I was just like, yeah, just let it go. Let it go. You got the internet back. It's back to the way it was. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> guys, let's jump into the news. Sorry, every. Oh no, a one star review. They talked about customer service problems. If I wanted to fucking read what people didn't like about products, I'd go to Amazon and read the reviews. Okay, I get I'm it. Fucking do it. Get it. Just give me a one star. I don't give a fuck. At least I'll be hearing from somebody on iTunes. Jesus Christ. I haven't heard a fucking review in weeks. Uh, let's see here. News. News from Deadline. Jonathan Majors in talks to square off against Michael B. Jordan in boxing ring for Creed 3. MGM and first-time director Michael B. Jordan have set their sights on Lovecraft Country star Jonathan Majors to be his adversary in the ring for Creed 3, sources said negotiations are underway for majors to star in the film as Adonis Creed's ring nemesis. Guys, Jonathan Majors, uh, this guy loved him in uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. I even loved him in uh, Captive State. I thought uh, he was fantastic as a villain in Captive State. Uh, he was a star of Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. And... Uh, and now he's going to be Kang. I think he's, is he going to be Kang or Immortus? We don't know. They haven't confirmed if he's Kang in the Loki series. Is it confirmed that he's Kang? I haven't seen anything confirmed yet. Yeah. 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 But he's going to be, he's going to be in uh, the Loki series, which we're going to be talking about next week. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be the villain in this one. Uh, Paul, have you been watching the Creed movies? Oh yeah, the first one was awesome. Yeah, the second one was good, but it was nowhere near as like. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know, but man, like get yeah, like the you know he's on a hot streak right now, and Michael B. Jordan really can do no wrong. So let's let's see these two play off against each other. Yeah, a lot of fun. Joe, have you? I know. Last time I talked to you, you hadn't seen these movies. Yeah, I still haven't gotten around to the Creed movies yet. It's all right, man. Uh, the the rumor that I've been hearing. Not rumor, but the speculation I've been hearing is he's going to be Clubber Langson. Clubber Langson. Clubber Lang played by, famously by Mr. T in Rocky Three. Uh, I'm not all about that, man. It feels like oh. in the second movie, we got the son of, uh, of Dolph Lundgren's, uh, character. And it's like, are we just going to, is he just going to be going around fighting the sons of, past rock, yeah. rocky I opponents 
I don't like that at all. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like what they're doing now with Cobra Kai. Like the big rumor is the one girl is going to be Hillary Swank's daughter. Like let's just have let's just make some original characters in this new like chapter of this story. Like not everyone needs to be related to everybody. The the one rumor that I have really kind of like uh, been a fan of is that we know that Apollo Creed had a couple other sons. Other oh. than that, you know what I mean. That so, would be cool. There, so it would be it would be Michael B. Jordan's half brother in this universe. So he would fight, have to fight one of his half brothers, and that's that's I, what I would love to see. That oh yeah, especially when compared to being you know Mr. T's son, dude. Imagine know. imagine seeing that marquee Creed versus Creed. Oh God! Nice. Yeah, and he has to fight the singer of the band Creed. <laughs> Can you take me higher? <laughs> Can you take oh, me higher? <laughs> oh no, it'd be his sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but imagine fucking Jonathan Majors playing, you know, like one of the older sons. Apollo Creed's one of his, you know, uh, one of his other boys, and it's uh, it's brother versus brother, Creed versus Creed. Man, that's the movie that I am. I am there for, and hopefully Michael B. Jordan can fucking uh, directorial debut for him. Uh, we'll see what he does, man. Because that second movie, it was okay, but man, I think you know when you think about the Rocky movies, when you think about that first Creed movie, it's the fights, it's the fights that were so wow. incredible. And I feel like the the fights in that second movie just weren't as good. They weren't, just wasn't shot as well. But man, no, uh, uh. Jonathan Majors, man, and Michael B. Jordan in the same movie. I think that's fantastic, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and I can't wait to see the first trailer. If it is one of Apollo Creed's sons, I wonder if man, you gotta. I think you gotta spoil that in the first trailer. I think you got to. Oh yeah, that yeah, like that's how the first trailer should end. Is finding out it's it's Creed's uh, other, you know, like it's his half brother. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta hype the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot news from Deadline, the CG movie reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which Deadline scooped last year, uh, was coming from Nickelodeon and Point Grey Pictures now has a release date. The pick being directed by Gravity Falls, Jeff Rowe, will hit theaters August 11th, 2023. Gravity Falls, that escapes me. What's Gravity Falls about? As a oh. Disney. Uh, show, great uh, show. Yeah, as I say, it was really quirky, really fun uh, about this weird town that all this supernatural shit happens around. And this one kid that just moved to town is kind of investigating it. Uh, oh, huge voice cast too. J.K. Simmons was in that. Really? Yeah, I never seen it. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Seth Rogen, who is produce, producing with his Point Grey partners uh, Evan Goldberg and James Weaver, unveiled the date Tuesday. In a Twitter post along with some notes from Leonardo, one of the four shelled heroes at the center of the kids' franchise. There were no other details provided aside from some doodling in the margins of the notes, which featured words like honor, loyalty, and discipline, which are not staples of Xfinity Comcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck you, Xfinity! Fuck you, stool boy! <laughs> which featured words like honor, loyalty, and discipline, which are staples of the Turtles mythology. There's also 
a note to apologize to April, a nod to the journalist who helps the quartet fight crime. This time around, the feature adaptation of the Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird created comic book will be CG animated. Guys, we're getting yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot. Uh, and this one comes from uh, Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, directed by uh, Jeff Rowe. And uh, I, th- I found it interesting. I posted this story on uh, on the Facebook page. Brooke Doherty, who writes for, for PopCultureLeftovers.com, asked, do we need another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot? And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys this question. Do we need yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot? Were it any other creative team, I might say, no, not really, but I'm really interested in seeing what these guys are going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have, really put out some good stuff and i mean i know the movie is going to be anything like it but i also did not think we needed this new ninja turtle comic book series and it's one of the best things i've been reading Mm. so if done right like i'll be all about that nostalgia stuff and i got really excited at that picture i thought it was a really cool way to kind of announce the release date uh kind of get in the mind of a ninja turtle was really cool in his journal but yeah i mean do we need it? I don't know, but I'll take it. Man, I think. Oh, what do you? Th- I mean, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and still from Nickelodeon, so it's going to be kids. I'm. I think we're ready for an adult Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah. Well, I would tell you to read that new comic series that's out. It's almost like uh, it's almost like Old Man Logan, but with the Ninja Turtles. The Last Ronin. Yes, I need to catch up on that. I read the first issue and then I've fallen behind. Oh, like the third one just came out. It's fucking awesome. Oh, sweet! I'm not that far behind then. Yeah, I think they go like four months in between. I've been hearing that. Yeah, that they've been going months in between. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'm interested to see what these guys do. Um, you know, like. I, I mean, there's names that you can read about when it comes to certain things and, and you get excited about. And I, I think Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are two guys that when their names are attached to something, you've definitely got my attention. I'd also say, you know, uh, uh, Lord and Miller are a couple guys. Yeah, absolutely. When I hear those names attached to anything. Uh, Lee Winnell, director of Upgrade. You attach that guy to anything, I'm like, yeah, let's see what Lee Winnell can do. Uh, he did The Invisible Man. That's a guy that I also get excited about. What I want to see is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles directed by Christopher Nolan. That's what I, that's what I want to oh see. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, what would that even be like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, honestly, like, 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 if we could go into, like, a, a fringe universe where it's, like, an alternate reality, like, if we're in, like, the Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness, with shit. I would love to see like what, you know, what a guy like Christopher Nolan would do with like the Ninja Turtles. We saw what he did, what he did with Batman. It's like, what would he do with the Ninja Turtles? You know, there's like, there's some of these directors that I would just love to see what their takes would be like on some of these iconic, uh, you know, properties and, 
Yeah, man. Give me a fucking Nolan Ninja Turtles. I don't need, I don't need any more like fucking, you know, you know, Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't need a Zack Snyder Ninja Turtles. I want to, <laughs> let's go to the granddaddy, Christopher Nolan. What the fuck would he do with God, Ninja what would Turtles? What would he be like? I would don't know. Like a real world take like Batman and it's just very like turtley, turtley looking guys. <laughs> I don't even know. I need yeah. to see this now. This needs to, this needs to happen. But, Brian, I do have a question. I didn't realize it was Nickelodeon, which kind of lowers my excitement. But what if – I know they got the rights, but what if, like, Illumination was doing this movie? Would you be a little more excited? What What all has Illumination done? I Like, are they the ones that did Kubo and the Two Strings? That's Leica Studios, I believe. Okay, what if – oh, okay, I'm sorry then. What if Leica Studios oh, was doing <laughs> – the Ninja Turtles animated movie. Uh, oh, you give me Leica Studios, and you give me uh, was it Travis Knight, the director of Bumblebee and the director of uh, Kubo and the Two Strings? I'm there, 100. percent I'm there day one. Right. Yeah, you got my butt in the seat, man. You bought. I bought a ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. <sighs> next bit. Of, yeah, man. I'm gonna see what fucking uh, Seth Rogen does. With the Ninja Turtles, I'm down. I'm down for that. And it's going to be CG animated. Um, yeah, I'm down for that. News from Dark Horizons, new master and commander film set, uh, on the list of films that deserve sequels but never received them, uh, received them. There's little question that Peter Weir's master and commander, the far side of the world, sits high up on it. The acclaimed 2003 adaptation of the Patrick O'Brien book series was set during the Napoleonic Wars and followed Captain Jack Aubrey, played by Russell Crowe, who pushes his ship and crew to their limits in pursuit of a formidable French war vessel around South America. Paul Bettany co-starred in the film, which made over $200 million worldwide and scored 10 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. Uh, I fucking read... <laughs> the title for uh this new master commander mo- a film set and i'm just like holy shit it's fucking happening that movie ends where it sets up that we could get future films i could not wait and then fucking s- what are we 17 18 years removed from that movie now and we haven't heard shit and then we finally get this news article this is going to be a prequel. It's not going to star Russell Crowe. It's not going to star Paul Bettany. And I was fucking, my soul was crushed. I loved Master and Commander. It is a phenomenal movie. And man, uh, the title of the article is all over. We're just very, like, I, I guess they're not misleading. I guess you just have to fucking read them. It is a new Master and Commander movie, but, man, it's not a continuation of the story that we were first introduced to back in 2003. And it's a huge letdown. Not going to have the same director, same writing team come back, same actors are not coming back. I want to kind of just toss this news, but on the flip side, will I watch... Will I watch it? I probably, I'll, I'll definitely be watching it. But fuck, man, if I am not let down. Joe, did you, you gotta tell me you've dude, seen Master and Commander. Dude, it's so good. And, and part of what made it so good was that, that chemistry between Paul Bettany and Russell Crowe in that. They were perfect yeah. with each other. Yeah. It was such a good movie. Everything in it, I, yeah, I love that movie, man. 
And when when I saw there was a sequel, I didn't read the article. I just kind of went off the headline. And so I was hesitantly excited about it. I mean, I would have been way more excited had we gotten this announcement, you know, maybe back in 2005. Yeah, oh or yeah. Or something like that. And it was, you know, the same the same cast coming back and it was a sequel. Because like you said, it, it does. It sets it up as a sequel. 100%. And, yeah. So, I mean, I'll watch it. But it's... Man, I don't know. They're going to have to nail the casting. And I don't know. And in, in, in that, it, it seems like, you know, Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany's characters have a history together. So it's like, are they going to still have those same two characters paired together? I mean, that's. God, they're going to have to nail casting on two people and then also have them still have that same chemistry together. And yeah. or are they going to go in a completely different direction? Did you I ever guess, I guess did, time will tell. Did you ever watch the Carlitos Way prequel? No. Jesus oh, Christ. God, that was terrible. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was fucking. Carlito Rising or something? Yeah. Fuck. Oh, my God. And it, you know, like, that was one of those movies when I watched Carlito's Way, I was kind of like, man, if they made a fucking Carlito prequel, that would be so awesome. Like, you know, give us the backstory on, like, fucking how they, you know, how he, how he, uh, met Sasso. Cause, like, they talked about, like, how Sasso was, like, the shit back in the day. And they give us all that stuff. The movie just was absolutely terrible. So it's like, I don't, you know, anytime I hear that they're doing prequel, <laughs> anytime that I hear that they're doing prequels, that they don't have, like, the original people that were involved doing it, I always go back and think about Carlito's Way, the sequel, the prequel. And uh, how that let me down. Paul, did you watch Master and Commander? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was one of those movies we did a midnight run to um, back in the day. It was a lot of fun, and I, I agree with everything Joe said. I mean, if they're not going to follow, like, explore the beginning of the relationship with those two, I think for this to even be a success, they need to get a big name in here to headline this. If they're not bringing Russell Crowe back, like put chris evans in this or something it's got to have something big to draw people into a property that's you know been out of our minds for 17 years yeah 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 we'll see yeah yeah oh god i just i was really really hoping for uh for a direct sequel um guys ready to jump into marvel news if you're not we're gonna do it anyway so (laughs) <laughs> the question is irrelevant. Uh, Marvel News. Marvel news. Real quick, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this it comes from uh, this is uh, news from thedirect.com. The article talks about how Scott Derrickson left as the director of the film due to creative differences. They talk about how Sam Raimi was then hired to direct. At the same time, Kevin Feige was in talks with Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron is one of the uh, writers and uh, and producers of Rick and Morty. Um, about joining the creative team behind the Doctor Strange sequel. Waldron, who is the showrunner, head writer, and executive producer of the MCU's upcoming Disney Plus series, Loki, would officially be named the writer of the coming film. 
And as a result, Waldron has recently elaborated on the major changes made behind the scenes. Waldron recently revealed to Vanity Fair that back in February of 2020, Feige contacted him just before the production start of Loki, saying they were going in a different direction on Doctor Strange. This was shortly after Derrickson's exit from the sequel, at a time in which it was set to begin filming in May of 2020. With such a tight deadline, Waldron recalled, how do we just make a movie in two months? A few weeks later, COVID quickly descended upon us, pushing the production start date back to November 2020 and leaving plenty of time for Waldron and Sam Raimi to hash out the multiverse-heavy script. So I got to spend my 2020 on Zooms with Sam Raimi. Not too bad. Most surprisingly, Waldron confirmed that he and Raimi rewrote the sequel script from scratch throughout much of 2020. The pandemic allowed the duo roughly nine months to create the new story together before production commenced in London. So, yeah, this is, uh, wow. Um, tons of bad news coming out from, uh, you know, uh, from, 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 you know, COVID-19. And this is one of those things where it actually allowed these guys to, to have nine months to, to write the script instead of like, you know, knocking it out in two months. And I, I think, I think that's enough time for this guy to fucking, especially Michael Waldron, um, a guy from Rick and Morty. And I think maybe we'll get more of a feel for like what this guy can do independently when we watch the Disney Plus series Loki. But, uh, yeah, a complete fucking rewrite of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, I think this is positive news in my opinion. Agreed. Uh huh. Yeah, if if you ask me what was the best part of Doctor Strange, I'm going to tell you the visuals, and one of the last things I'm going to talk about is the you know the plot and the story. So you know having these different writers come in, you know maybe that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm so looking forward to that movie and seeing how Wanda Scarlet Witch is going to be playing a big part in that. News. Yeah, how how does yeah. she play into it? Like, yeah, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, news from comicbookmovie.com. We talked about a couple of weeks ago. We talked to, about a kind of an adjacent story to this, but uh, a Quiet Place Part Two star John Krasinski says hell yeah to playing Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. Emily Blunt has made it clear on multiple occasions that she's not particularly interested in playing the Invisible Woman in Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four reboot. But John Krasinski seemingly remains keen on bringing Mr. Fantastic back to the big screen. Talking to Uproxx to promote the upcoming release of A Quiet Place 2, it was put to the actor that he must be pretty savvy with the media because expressing an interest in a movie like Fantastic Four brings more attention to his horror movie. Quote, oh, I didn't even think of that. Krasinski admitted, but now you make me sound really smart. The site pushed him on whether he knows what he's doing, but the Office alum maintained he has a genuine interest in the role. Quote, I actually felt stupid. I wanted to email Kevin Feige and be like, sorry, man, I wasn't trying to, like, put pressure on you. You're the man. I think I felt it's like I was trying to sometimes overcalculate how much I've talked about certain things. And then you get older and you just go, I don't know, I'm going to be honest. And my honest answer was like, hell yeah, I'd play Mr. Fantastic. And then people were like, oh my God. And I didn't know it would be headlines. 
I thought it would just be the eighth question in that interview, but it's true. Emily Blunt, not so hot on playing Sue Storm, but man, John Krasinski is like, he says, hell yeah. And for me, I think it's fucking perfect casting. And honestly, I'll take him. I'll, t- I'll just, I'll take one of them. I'll take one. If they want to, if they want to fucking find a different Sue Storm, you know, if she doesn't want to fucking spend, you know, four months with her husband filming this, whatever, find a different Sue Storm, but I'll take Krasinski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, he, he auditioned to be Captain America. So, like, I think it's true. he's itching. I think he's itching to be in a huge comic book movie. I think he kind of wants to be in a franchise where he gets multiple cracks at it. I mean... You know, that's cool. Emily Blunt doesn't want to be in it. Like, yeah, like you said, let's just find a new one. But if he's willing and the guy like has a resemblance and he's got the charisma for it, let's fucking sign him on the line. Yeah. I've heard I've heard other people say, you know, Rob McElhenney and I've I've heard some other you know, you know, from It's Always Sunny and Mythic Quest. Um Let's say we get Krasinski. Let's say they let's say they land on Krasinski. Let's say they land on Krasinski. Who are we going with Sue Storm at this point then? Like, who are you, uh, you know, age, you know, we, you've got to find somebody kind of like age appropriate to John Krasinski. Who would you go with? Would you go with a Kate Winslet at this point? No, I would go with a Emma Watson. Oh, that's good. I hadn't even considered that. Emma Watson. Are you talking about the fucking Hermione? Isn't she a little young for Krasinski? Well, she's like 31 or 32. Isn't he like in his fucking mid 40s? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I guess then we do go with the Kate Winslet. Let's see here. Let's ask Jeeves. He's 41 years old. I mean. How, how old is Emma Watson? She's 31. We've got a 10 year difference here, Paul. I mean. There's been bigger, uh, I guess. What do you think, Joe? Could it work? Emma Watson? I don't see it. I'm going to say no. Hmm. Well, I mean, she doesn't even look 31. He doesn't look look 41, but she sure as fuck doesn't look 31. Yeah, whoa. Brad Pitt didn't look 100, and he did pretty good in Benjamin Button. Well, let's get Brad... <laughs> okay. Paul, you you win. I I I, I concede. <laughs> point point taken. I'm sorry. Oh my God, Steve Carell. Can you believe Steve Carell is 58 years old? Oh wow! Holy shit! Yeah. Wait wait. wait. Uh. <sighs> What about um? What about Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones? Oh, that's good. Natalie Dormer. Yeah, I know. I know who she is. How old is she? <laughs> I'm looking at these ages. She was born in '82. <laughs> She's 39. That would work. She was also in the first Avenger briefly. Then we can't do it. God damn it, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. You were alive in the '40s. Right. We can't do it. I'm not <laughs> doing that. These movies aren't make 'em ups. Plot hole. <laughs> This is all real. Chris Evans really got the super soldier serum. Let's see here. Let's let, throw let, Megan Fox in there. Let's look. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh, possible Sue Storm actors. Who do we got here? Blake Lively. Other people. Okay, here we go. 
actors who could play Sue Storm in the cinematic universe. They got Blake Lively. You know, That's so, a good one. Yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Lily Reinhardt. Hmm. Oh, my God, dude. Like, especially if Deadpool does come in the MCU, that would be a hilarious fourth wall break. It would be. <laughs> like, hey, she looks really familiar. I like this next one. Check this one out. Betty Gilpin. Oh, oh yeah. 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 God, fucking Netflix would glow. Aubrey Plaza? Come on. No, I love Aubrey Plaza, but she's not Sue Storm. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. I'll take Betty Gilpin. Betty yeah. Gilpin. I concede to you now, Brian. <laughs> no, I'm. I, we're all conceding to the internet. I'm not. I, that... Betty Gilpin's good casting on that. I like that. Oh, sure. Betty Gilpin and John Krasinski as 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 Marvel's first family. Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll take it. Absolutely, Betty Gilpin from Glow. Betty, she was in American God season one. What else she been in? What was that fucking uh, movie that she was in? What's that? What's that, Paul? Oh, I just saw her for a preview, but she was in that one where like people were hunting her. Yeah, yeah, I saw that movie. Betty Gilpin. What was she? What was that movie called? The Hunt. The Hunt. Was it called The Hunt? Yeah, The Hunt. That was a good movie. Oh, and she's gonna be in the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. That's what I saw her in. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, nice. Have you guys seen the trailer for the new uh, Hugh Jackman movie? Yeah, with uh, with uh, Lisa Joy. Yeah, as I say, it's a Lisa Joy movie, right? What do you think? What do you think about that one? Looks yeah. wild. Yeah. What would you think about the new M. Night Shyamalan trailer for Old? You see that one? Okay. I want to see that. That looks the, good. That looks, that looks I, pretty huge. When I read about it, I was like, oh, fuck this. Fuck that guy. And then when I saw the trailer, I was like, god damn it, it does look good. It looks fucking good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But ever since the happening, I've been like, fuck M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. See, that's another one I love just because it's terrible. You love the happening? Because fuck it's you. terrible. I love okay. it the same reason why I love Extreme. <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's, M. Night, it's M. Night Shyamalan, though. You don't want him to be that guy that you love because he makes fucking stupid, fucking shitty movies that are slightly fun. But I love that movie because it's so terrible. This like, is Well, this well, is the guy. That, oh, but it's coming for the guy that fucking did The Sixth Sense, for crying out loud. And, like, that movie was incredible. It was good, but, I mean... There's hey. a Grand Canyon in between fucking the six right, and yeah. happening. Yeah. Thank God, it was like an acting clinic when that old lady's like, you just want me to die so you can steal my house. And Mark Wahlberg's like, what? No. Like, come on, man. You can't get any better bad acting than that. It's fucking God, awesome. That, that guy who turns the lawnmower on and then goes and just happily lays down in the lawn in front of it. Oh, my God. I felt like I wanted, uh, to, do, I wanted to do that today after dealing with Xfinity Comcast. <laughs> I was I right fucking... next to you after AT&T. Oh, you my God. Together. I... Just right in front of him. You're just jamming knitting, a knitting needle right into your neck. The same day, Paul, the headlines would have f- fucking read, like, Two guys just randomly run themselves over with their mowers. <laughs> Same fuck different internet company. <laughs> Two different internet companies. <laughs> <laughs> Yet routers still haven't been returned. <laughs> fuck them and the router. God damn it. I still got that fucking XFi pod here. I'm still, I, I, I'm waiting on that email that I'll get within 48 hours, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, I literally have a bag of all their modems, but it's in a spectrum bag that I'm just going to drop off at the AT&T store. Oh, nice. 
<laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home news from Dark Horizon. Sony Pictures Motion Group President Sanford Panich said the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home will just will not just have a big will, will not just have big implications for Marvel Studios films, but also for Sony's own Marvel films. It seems the new film will lay some groundwork that will impact the future of both cinematic universes and means could see some more uh, Spider-Man universe. They call it the SPUMC. What does that fucking stand for? I don't even fucking remember. Spider-Man universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe? It spells out spunk. Which sounds dirty. <laughs> I, I feel like I did that on, on a girl's chest years ago. <laughs> Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. That's what it stands for. It also is something that I've done to many a victim in the past. <laughs> oh. I spumped on her chest. <laughs> This is me thinking of half baked. He's like, "You said you got Mary Jane a pearl necklace." He's like, "You did not get the point of that story." <laughs> <laughs> Talking with Variety, he was asked about the possibility of Spider-Man meeting other villains like Venom, Carnage, Morbius, and the recently announced Craven the Hunter film. He reveals that not only have things been mapped out, but the partnership between Marvel Studios and Sony could well continue in the future. "Quote." There, there actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed. And I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. Guys, I, before I read the rest of this article, I, I want you to remember that one of the first rumors that we heard, even before it was official that we got the Aaron Taylor Johnson casting of Craven the Hunter, uh, when they first announced the Craven the Hunter film, I, I want to say like a year, two years ago, that uh, the rumor is that Spider-Man would show up in the film in some capacity. So, yeah. like, there's been, I mean, this is, this is like, this is something I feel like with that news that they've been planning this for a while. Um, I even remember the rumors that, that Spider-Man was supposed to show up in Venom at one point in time. Who is the, who is the guy that, um, sadly passed away that put out that rumor? Um, I can't, oh, I feel so awful that I can't remember his name. Oh, I feel like I'm, oh, I feel awful for not remembering his name. Hold on. Give me, give me a moment here. I'm going to pause. I can't believe I fucking found the name. It was John Schnepp. John Schnepp had uh, a rumor years ago um, that Tom Holland was going to show up in like a post credit scene or a mid credit scene for the Venom film, and and it, it didn't happen. But even John Schnepp, before he passed away was talking about Tom Holland showing up in that universe. So that's like, um, this is, I, this, I don't think this is anything new and it makes sense to me that they would want to incorporate Spider-Man into this universe somehow. Um, 
let me, okay, I'm going to read the rest of this article and then we're going to unpack this more. The great thing is we have this very excellent relationship with Kevin Feige. This is, uh, quotes from, what is that guy's fucking name? Yeah, um, Sanford Panich. There's, the great thing is we have this very excellent relationship with Kevin Feige. There's an incredible sandbox there to play with. We want those MCU movies to be absolutely huge because that's great for us and our Marvel characters. And I think that's the same thing on their side. But we have a great relationship. There's lots of opportunities, I think, that are going to happen. From the confirmed to the more rumor-centric entertainment reporters, Jeff Snyder broke the news and YouTube personality Grace Randolph has added credence to a report that Willem Dafoe will be reprising his role as Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, in the film. The pair indicate that Green Goblin will be serving as the lead villain of the Sinister Six in the film, which with, with others, including Electro, uh, Dr. Octopus and potentially Sandman, Rhino and Lizard. The new movie will see Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange along for the ride with returnees Tom Holland, Zendaya, Jacob Batalon, Marissa Tomei, Tony Revolori and Hannibal Barras. Uh, all right. So as far as we know, nothing that we've seen other than I guess in the end at the end of the Morbius trailer at the end of the Morbius trailer, we do see Michael Keaton showing up as vulture at the end of that trailer. Right? Like, like that's so far, I feel like maybe that's like the only thing that we've seen on screen that may be tipping, you know, tipping us off that this is actually happening, that they're combining these universes in some way. Uh, we've heard the rumor from John Schnepp that they originally planned to do this earlier with Tom Holland showing up in maybe like a post-credit scene or a mid-credit scene in Venom that didn't happen. And we've also got quotes from Alfred Molina saying like, hey, I'm coming back as Dr. Octopus. They're going to fucking de-age me. And we're going to get a scene where like, you know, I'm being rescued right before I fucking drown. Uh, which all leads me to believe that, yes, the rumors that Jamie Foxx is going to be returning as Electro, he's already talked about it. They deleted those fucking tweets or Instagram posts or whatever. But he said that he's going to be coming back and he's not going to be looking the same. Um, I think this is all happening. Willem Dafoe sounds like it, I'm believing this more and more. And I'm th- Thinking with the multiverse of madness that, yeah, this could open it up to where uh, Tom Holland might show up in that universe. It might be a multiverse. It might be an adjacent multiverse that Tom Holland goes into. I feel like if they're bringing Andrew Garfield over from one universe and uh, Tobey Maguire over from another universe to join Tom Holland in this movie that and i've said this on multiple podcasts i feel like you know after the events of far from home where tom holland is basically like his spider-man peter parker is kind of like a murderer and revealed to everybody that in this movie they might feel like you know kid this is a lot for you to handle in your universe i'm going to be the spider-man going forward in your universe and so they think that spider-man is you know you know Peter Parker and then come to find out that, you know, like Tom Holland has gone into the other universe, the other Sony 
universe. And then like maybe Tobey Maguire, or Andrew Garfield will be the Spider-Man in the MCU going forward for a few years. I don't, is that crazy to think that? It'd definitely be a fun storyline. I could, I could see him also doing something like, you know, okay, Peter Parker was accused of it. Well, what if one of those other Spider-Men comes back and, you know, he's wearing the suit and doing Spider-Man shit swinging around while at the same time Peter Parker's, right. you know, like yeah. in, in court or something like that. And they're like, well, look, there's clearly a Spider-Man out there. I mean, you can't just put on a suit and swing around. <laughs> you know, I mean, you'd have to, you got to actually have the skills to like act like Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I suppose this is the MCU where they, they could do some tech version of it, but yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. Your idea is pretty cool too, because then it's actually, you know, fully bringing some of those characters back and, you know, maybe we then get them for more than one movie. Well, and Whereas then in the, you know, just show him, you know, show him, you know, he can't be two places at the same time. That works well for a, a one movie, a one and done. Right. But it'd be cool to get these characters back for, for longer, these actors back. Right. Yeah. And like we've got, well, and it's like, it's both universes will have a Spider-Man at that point. You'll have, you know, it's not like the MCU would be without a Spider-Man at that point if they did a swap. Yeah. If they swapped them out. I want to see what I want to see. This is, I mean, this is a scene that I want to see with, if we do get all three Spider-Men in the same movie, I would love to see a scene of like Andrew Garfield and, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, their web shooters run out of webbing. Uh-huh. And then Andrew and then Toby Maguire is like still able to, you know, use his webbing and because that character had organic webbing coming out of his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that cool. that would be a fun scene to see like he's like, "Whoa, whoa, you guys have to fucking make this shit." Like, just like, like, see ya, boys. Yeah, yeah, and he swings off, you know? <laughs> He's just, like, skeet, skeet out of his wrist. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe back as... That's exciting. The Goblin. Yes, I love that. That's super exciting. And let's give him a proper costume this time, instead of looking like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> Right? I mean, that was a big complaint. Let's make him look like the Goblin. Like, And it was a big complaint of Electro, too. Let's make him... I know... I, I mean, I don't know how you can make that fucking classic Electro costume look cool, though. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, and then Paul Giamatti is the fucking rhino. I was rhino. just going to bring that oh. up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, listen to this Black Widow news from comicbook.com. Jimmy Kimmel drops Black Widow spoiler that leaves Rachel Vice shook. Did you, did you guys read this? No. I caught a little blurb that, that Rachel Vice had said something about, you know, oh, I totally lost the sheet of what I'm supposed to and not supposed to talk about. Yeah. With the movie. So is it kind of in regards to that? Not really. Um, this is. Let <laughs> <laughs> me. Let me read this. The Black Widow cast has begun making the rounds on the promotional tour with David Harbour appearing on Jimmy Kibble Live. Uh, Jimmy Kibble Live earlier this week and Rachel Weiss joining the late night talk show on Wednesday night. The Harbour interview saw Kimmel being funny and pretending as though he was trying to prevent a spoiler for Spider-Man No Way Home slipping out, continuing his joke that he is playing Craven the Hunter, a role 
which went to Aaron Taylor Johnson. The chat with Vice, however, saw Kimmel dropping what might have been a spoiler for the Black Widow movie, especially if Vice's reaction is any indication he said her Marvel character's last name. Quote, Our first guest tonight is an Oscar winner who is about to leap into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She plays Melina Vostokov in Black Widow. When Weiss joined the show, she pointed out that she believes Kimmel may have said too much. She said, I think we are prohibited from saying Melina's second name, Weiss said. Oh, yeah, this does go with that story then, Joe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I think it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe secret, but oh, well, you've done it now. Kimmel quickly reverted back to his Craven the Hunter joke. The same one he rolled out on social media when Spider-Man No Way Home secrets seemed to be spilling out into the public. And Melina Vostokov is a character from the pages of Marvel Comics who takes on the role of Iron Maiden further down the road in her stories. Iron Maiden is a character which spawns from Melina being forced to live in the shadow of Natasha Romanoff's famous Black Widow. She develops a deep hatred for the character and becomes a freelance assassin, one who is ultimately sent by Damon Dran to kill the Black Widow. She has had encounters in the comics with Jimmy Woo and other Marvel names, which have fans, which fans have been introduced to, uh, in the movies and TV shows. Uh, Black Widow, yeah, uh, so basically, he calls, he just, straight up calls her Melina Vostokov which that character in the comics turn, uh, becomes Iron Maiden like I said I thought that one of my one of my things that I was saying like before this movie came out I thought that maybe we would find out that Rachel Weisz's character is actually Taskmaster uh, then watching trailers and stuff like that, I'm like, no, 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 no. They seem like a family in, in all these trailers, you know? They all seem like they're, mm -hmm. they're a family and everything. But could there be this big twist that maybe she's not Taskmaster, but like after the events of Black Widow, could she be a possible villain set up for Florence Pugh in a future Black Widow if indeed Florence Pugh takes on the mantle of Black Widow? Like, I'm thinking like this is a definite possibility. Maybe this is a huge slip-up that happened on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Yeah, and there's also, like, I looked up Iron Maiden because I don't know anything about that character. And there's, like, a thing from March of 2020 of, like, a screenshot from the trailer with Weiss, which looks like an Iron Maiden mask is behind her, like, on a shelf. Oh, wow. Interesting. Like, I will send it to you guys right now. And it looks like for it, yeah, like it's weird. I'll send it. This is the part of the show where we try to fill I'm sorry. in. I'm no, sorry. it's fine. Like, like there's going to be this long pause as we wait for Paul to send this God to it. us. I got to add Joe to the group. <laughs> <laughs> damn it! I put your name in the text, not the contact. Our okay. listeners are loving this. This is like this is what brings them to PCL. Paul is like these long awkward pauses. Oh. Well, you're trying and, to, like, figure and, out the internet like my grandmother. Well, I mean, if AT&T didn't fuck up the internet, it's go a lot faster. That's fucking true. Fuck you, AT&T! And Comcast. <laughs> I had to do All a right. Google search for Spunk. 
<laughs> earlier <laughs> to find out what that meant. It should be sent. Did you send it over Facebook Messenger? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. There we go. Looking at this photo. Let me zoom in on this bad boy. That's the Iron Maiden mask. That's what comicbook.com said in March of 2020. <laughs> it looks like a Court of Owls mask. Is, yeah. It does. <laughs> uh, let's see. What, I want to. Yeah, I'm actually pulling this up. If, all you have to, if you want to see this picture, just uh, do a search for Iron Maiden Mask Marvel, and it's actually the first picture that you fucking see. Holy shit, it really fucking does, Paul. When you look at the comic book character, yeah, yeah. it does. It really fucking does. Holy shit, there is some steam behind this fuck up on Jimmy Kimmel. And this was like more than a year before the before the Jimmy Kimmel interview. Yeah, just do a search, uh, listeners, do a search for Iron Maiden Mask Marvel. The first image you'll see in the images search is the actual mask. And then there's some accompanying, uh, accompanying pictures of, uh, Iron Maiden from the comics, and you can definitely see the resemblance here. This might be a, way to go, Kimmel, you fucked it up, Kimmel. <laughs> Rachel Vice, I, you know, I said Taskmaster, but they might have bigger plans for her character going forward, uh, with Black Widow. Do you think, do you think, okay, question, do you think Florence Pugh as Black Widow going forward, do you think that she'll get her own movie or do you think that it'll be a Disney Plus series? Or do you think that it depends on the success of the Black Widow movie and how people Enjoy or not enjoy Florence Pugh in in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'd say is that they're they're probably going to see what's up with you know how this does in the theaters first. But we know that Kevin Feige likes to map this shit out years in advance. Yeah. What do you think? Like an actress like Florence Pugh would be more likely to sign on to. Like a series or or a movie? Oh man! If you ask me the question of what do you think an actor like Oscar Isaac would be more prone to like? Oh shit! That's a really good point. That's what I'm saying. I never thought the fucking Oscar Isaac would be doing a series on Disney Plus for Moon Knight, but he is. Yeah, and, and I mean, after the popularity of some of these other shows, I mean, they've they've really kind of turned the world on its head. That you know, you really can't look at just like dismissed. TV acting anymore when a lot of the t- best TV that we get these days is very cinematic. I'm going to say, I'm going to say if she does take the mantle of the black widow, I'm saying that we're going to get a Florence Pugh Disney plus series. That's going to be my guess. I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I think that's pretty valid. Yeah. Especially with like just how great WandaVision and Falcon and winter soldier has done too. Yeah. Yeah. All I got for DC News is the bumper, and then we're just going to end the show. Let's just, I'll just play the bumper. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll play. Hold on. DC News. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All we really got this week is, uh, you know, the director for, uh, 
the Flash movie, Andy Machete. Is it Machete? Muschetti? Yes. Is it Machete? Is it Machete or is it Muschetti? Machete. It's Machete? Machete, yeah. Hold on. Let me get on. I'm going to get on YouTube here. The guy that did it. Uh, how to pronounce Andy Muschetti. I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, here we go. I think I found it. Is that how do you spell this motherfucker's name? Is it M U S C H I E T T I? And Andrew Confetti. <laughs> Here we go. Writing's what? not that easy. Ah, fuck off, Rarely YouTube, with help. your fucking ads. This sentence is grammatically correct. Go to hell. Andres Muschietti. <gasps> Muschietti. Andres Muschietti. Eddie. Gietti. Andres Muschietti. Andres Muschietti. Andres Muschietti. Yeti. 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 I'm trying to say. Yeah, I wanted to sound like Shetty. Muschietti. Muschietti. Yeti. 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 The equivalent of spelling boobs with a calculator. Yeti. Here we go. Yeti. Yeti. That's pretty. Shitty. Yeti. 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 Hold on. What did you think about what did you think about Lisey's story? <laughs> it was, it was Yeti. It was Yeti. what was Le- Lisey's story? How, was it good or bad? Yeti. <laughs> Yeti. It was Shetty. It was Shetty. Was Yeti. Okay. <laughs> Andres Muschietti. Okay, dude. Uh, I'm Muschietti. It's Muschietti. Muschietti. Paul. Muschietti. Andres Muschietti. Yeah. That was, what the fuck did I, we just do there? That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. I feel like I blacked out for the last fucking two minutes. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, he posted a picture of the uh, Batman 89. We know Michael Keaton's showing back up as Batman in this new Flash movie. And uh, he posted a uh, a picture of uh, the bat the Batman symbol, you know, that we know from the, the, the chest of that Batman suit from Batman 89. And then uh, did it look like it didn't look like blood. It looked like fucking Superman was eating waffles that morning, spilled syrup on himself. That's what I thought. <laughs> it didn't look well, like it's maple syrup, eh? Yeah, <laughs> we, we we got Canadian Batman. What was that about? <laughs> it didn't look like blood, though. Joe, I like what you put in the comments that it reminded you of the Watchmen. Oh, absolutely! It made yeah. me immediately made me think of that shot of the button, you know, the smiley face button with a little bit of blood on it, and um. They they uh, DC did a run in. Um, hold on, hold on, Joe. Over. Hold on, hold on, Joe. I want hold, save that thought, please. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, if you look up how to pronounce Andre Muschietti <laughs> to the right, it's got like a, a bunch of like other things you can click on. It's got how to pronounce Bonnie. 
<laughs> oh my! Oh. Bonnie, Bonnie, are you fucking kidding me? Hold on, hold on I gotta play this. Bonnie. <laughs> No shit! I've been saying it wrong for all these years. Bonnie. It's also got how how to pronounce Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. All right, go go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, to, how to pronounce Bonnie? All these years, I've been watching uh, one day at a time, and I've been saying Bony Franklin all these years. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <sighs> uh, during the the rebirth era in DC, <clears throat> there was a crossover between Batman and the Flash, where um, uh, at the beginning of Rebirth. The, the button from the Watchmen universe like like kind of appeared in the back of the Batcave. Yes, like, I remember this. itself in the wall, and so then Batman was like, what the fuck is this? And so he kept it. And then um, uh, there's a crossover that then comes up later in Rebirth where Batman and the Flash kind of team up to try and investigate, you know, what's up with this button. And, you know, then seeing that promo pic of the Batman you know, logo, that 89 Batman logo with blood on it, it having it make me think of Watchmen, I'm like, okay, I wonder if this is, if there's going to be any elements of, you know, because there's, you know, they're saying that this is going to be some sort of Flashpoint story. And so I'm wondering, you know, what parts of that Flashpoint, you know, storylines from the comics are they going to bring up? Is, is it going to be all the original stuff or are, are they going to try and mutate it a little bit differently and, and pull from some of the more recent storylines as well? I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it. And in DC Comics, I've always loved it when Flash and Batman team up because, you know, as members of the Justice League, they're the two that are detectives. And and that's why they always work together so well. And, and Batman's got a lot of respect for Barry Allen because Barry Allen is an investigator. You know, he's a, a CSI, basically. So... I don't know, this could be some really, really cool shit on the horizon, because there's been so many good stories in the comics with those two collaborating, and, you know, especially most recently in Rebirth with all the stuff with the button. I mean, not to say that there's going to be any sort of Watchmen tie-in with this, but, you know, just the whole Batman and Flash working together in a detective uh, capacity is something I'd really like to see. Blood on the suit, do we have to worry about Batman dying? A Batman dying? Mm. Is that Batman's blood? Is that someone else's blood? Or like, what? what yeah, like, what is? The, is there a meaning behind this? Or is it just like a stylistic choice? Like, yeah, is it supposed to be reminiscent of Watchmen? Watchmen, you know, definitely de- dealt with time. There's always we always see a clock, and we know that the Flash has been known to manipulate time through the Speed Force. Is is that the? I you know I'm just. I really don't know. It's a cool picture. It made me hungry for waffles, so. (laughs) (laughs) Lego my ego, Batman. (laughs) Oh, Batman waffles, dude. I'm there. Oh, yeah. Get on it, ego. I know I'm doing a mental inventory. I'm like, where's my waffle iron at? 
I know for sure I got pancake batter. I can make this happen tonight. Oh, oh man. Oh, I, <laughs> I know I got egos in the in the freezer. What's your what's your what's your what's your uh syrup of choice? Do you love cabin? Aunt Jemima? Oh, if I'm really feeling fancy, I'll spend like ten or eleven bucks and get like actual real hundred percent maple syrup. Look yeah, at you, you yeah. Dude, syrup. once you've had that, it's hard to go back to the 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 other the Aunt Jemima you shit. Fucking yeah. syrup hipster. That's good. Dude, I I never had it until there's a, a guy I work with yeah. that he like does that as a hobby. And you know, collects sap and reduces it and like as a thank you, he gave me a bottle of it one year for Christmas and it was fucking amazing. I know, and like once you go like once you've had it, you can't go back to the bullshit. I get it, man. I fucking uh, what was it? I had uh like real honey. Mm, that's yeah. From like a fucking like a a guy that fucking makes his own honey and shit. He gave me a bottle of honey. I was like, holy shit, man! It's really good shit. So yeah, it's it, once you open that bottle, then you're fucked. There's no going <laughs> yeah. back. No, once once you get the real shit, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's right. That a, a lot of a lot of food in American grocery stores is just bullshit with sugar in it. But man, when you get like the real, like real natural sugars and stuff, because I mean, that's all, you know, that's all makeable syrup is, is just, you know, sugar from a tree. But man, it's, when you get that real fucking shit, man, it's, yeah. it's really spectacular on pancakes or waffles or, man. you know, whatever. I've been saying Bonnie wrong for years, guys. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> I feel like this, this episode is an eye opener for me. You done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's all I got. I don't know. Did you have anything else? Any last any last things that you wanted to say? You wanted to go out on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking done. I... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't got too much. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of what other fucking. We're talking about Anybody syrup, Joe. Like, We're talking it? about syrup at the end of the episode. It's time to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Half of the episode, all we did was bitch about customer service, <laughs> and now we're talking. We're talking about syrup. <laughs> we went from we went from Batman news to syrup, man. <laughs> well, the syrup was kind of topical with sweet tooth, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fucking Will Forte. There we go. That's the way we. That's the way we tie this in. Old circle. Old circle. <laughs> no, I guess the entire discussion. I guess the entire episode wasn't a bus. Now was it, Joe? <laughs> we brought it back that. around. I'm sure there were some people in these programs we watched that were angry at customer service as well. So that can probably tie you. That's true. That's true, Joe. When you're not buying hipster syrup, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Startcast. I do long form conversation um, uh, shows or number one comic books. We cover number one comic books. Uh, or if you're into uh, zombie stories, I wrote a book called I Become Death. It's available on Audible, Amazon, and Apple. There you go, everybody. Paul, where are you this week? Where can you go? guy. Uh, wait, wait, okay. Paul, lead us to the breadcrumb trail of what podcast you're hosting this week. 
I feel like I feel like I feel like trying to find out like what podcast Paul is hosting this week. I feel like mayor of East Town trying to figure out like <laughs> who fucking murdered this girl in the woods. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, I'm gonna leave just little clues for you guys. No, uh, the main one now, pretty much the only one is gonna be apple to oranges. Uh, the Apple TV Plus one, but also I know I don't know I might get some flack for this one show that I've been doing once a month that has been one of my favorite ones is uh, talking about toys with you and Dan Ramirez. Yeah, we do that. That's a Patreon episode that we do. Oh. That is your reason to sign up for Patreon, people. That last episode you guys did, Brian, that story you told about the ball of oh twine is a gift. That's and we got fucking to talk gold. to his it sister. Is so dude. funny. <clears throat> fucking awesome. Uh, dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that couldn't have worked out any better. Like, I honestly had, like, I was like, uh, cause she, she, there's, there's like 50% of the time where she's not gonna pick up. She's busy. My sister's really busy. And when she picked up, oh man. Yeah, that was, that was one of the, that was one of the, the best moments that we've had podcasting doing the toys episodes so i i enjoyed the exact two things that you said in the exact order <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're not signed if you want if you want more uh content and if you want like i don't know i mean it's 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 laid back we have a lot of fun we talk about uh, our top 20 toys it's one of the segments that we've been doing on um on patreon just taking a trip down memory lane and uh yeah join the pcl patreon um just go to patreon.com uh, do a search for pop culture leftovers and, uh, for six bucks a month, you'll, uh, six bucks a month, you'll get two extra supplemental podcasts. And, uh, yeah, I've got more planned for this month and, uh, in June. But, uh, uh, Paul, thank you. Joe, thank you. Oh, so, it's so always so happy to be here. And, and when I found out it was going to be with you and Paul, I was doubly excited. Fuck yeah. This is awesome. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, Loki is next week. Man, I, let me see. What else is going on next week? What is going on? I think we're going to have a deep dive into our favorite syrups. We're going to have a top 20 syrup. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> our top 20 how to pronounce common words. Jake is actually going to be talking. He's watching. I know Jake is. I don't know his thoughts, but Jake has watched Train to Basan. Oh, oh nice. I will be watching Furious Seven. We got Loki. Uh, oh, Infinite comes out on Paramount Plus. So yeah, the new Mark Wahlberg movie hits uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, so we got some things to talk about. We got some things to talk about next week. We'll be back next week with episode. What are we on? Three eighty four next week. Jesus Christ, we're almost at four hundred. Almost at four hundred. That's crazy. Four hundred up. Four hundred episodes. Paul, you've probably done 400 episodes, but people gotta go to 400. <laughs> people, g- <laughs> people gotta go to 400 different podcasts. So much. <laughs> I know, just kidding. Yeah, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. <laughs> you just gotta follow the map. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, like fucking trying to find a Paul podcast is like that, that, that scene, like when you're watching Indiana Jones and you see the, the plane flying over the map, it's like going all over. You know, but there's like so many podcasts out where it's, it, it's nice to do such a niche one. 
But when you can get like people like June and Jess to agree on, I mean, there's not a lot of shows that just do the Apple TV stuff. So, and now they're actually putting stuff out on a weekly basis and more than just one show. Like, you know, it was kind of a cool thing to kind of jump on and make that our main thing. So, hoping to have a lot of fun with it. Man, now I see, I feel like a dick. Don't feel like a dick. I've done a ton. I've done a ton of different shows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, man. Everyone's got to find their groove. All right, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Apple to Oranges. Yep, Apple to Oranges. There you go. Apple, Apple to Oranges. Check it out. Uh, also, the Cinedudes. Is it, is it the Cinedudes? Yeah, where Jess and I watch 90s movies. All right, guys. Yeah, check it all out. Guys, we'll be back next week. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Paul. See, I'm just like, I'm repeating the same things over and over again. You guys want to hear how to pronounce some more words? Yeah, I, was, I was waiting for Mushietti at that point. I'm just going to type in how to pronounce and see what pulls up. What are the first words? Come on, YouTube. Don't be a cunt. How, oh, how to pronounce Frappuccino. Oh, my God. Here's a, here's a good one. Beep it. What? Beep. <laughs> Hold on. This is how to pronounce penis. Hold on. <laughs> how to pronounce penis. Beep it. Beep it. Beep it. I kid you not. How to pronounce vagina. Let's do that one. Manjama. <laughs> Man. Manjama. Man. Manjama. Man. Manjama. <laughs> oh, how to pronounce Nicolas Cage? Oh. <sighs> Macy Cougar. <laughs> how to pronounce how to pronounce spaghetti and meatballs Spangly Dank McDingledorf <laughs> Spangly Dank McDingledorf Spangly Dank McDingledorf <laughs> How to pronounce Chipotle Hold on Sean Toodle <laughs> Sean Toodle. Sean Toodle. What the fuck? What the fuck? How to pronounce Sriracha? What the fuck? How to pronounce Creme Brulee? For dessert, we have a very nice Creme Brahuli, we have Kramit Brahuli. <laughs> For dessert, we have a... How to pronounce Smorgasbord. 
Oh, I, I'm so used to saying smorgasbord. It's smorgasbord. <laughs> Smoogie Duke, yes, Biarge. Smoogie Duke, yes, How to pronounce. How to pronounce. Paper mache. Okay. This one. Yeah. This one, uh. It's a pooper macho. (laughs) (laughs) How to to pronounce, how to pronounce Szechuan sauce. Sexyuan Shantundi. Sexyuan Shantundi. Sexyuan Shantundi. (laughs) How to pronounce hipster. Here we go. <laughs> Hop stash. <laughs> uh, okay, last one, last one. How to pronounce Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh god. Bucket crunder dunder. <laughs> bucket crunder dunder. Alright, bucket crunder dunder. There we go. Alright, that was fun. <laughs> guys we'll see you next week see ya thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture, leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and do the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. Cool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftover, uncool kids.
Yeah, I just typed in how to pronounce, and like I, I thought that it was just going to be like I just wanted to see what words they would pull up. I had no idea that it was going to be like somebody's comedic take on how to yeah, pronounce. It was like a whole lane. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> or Cooper Machate. <laughs> oh, here's mayonnaise. I want to hear this one. Mio de noche. <laughs> Me amo. Mio de noche. Mio. <laughs> God, the internet's fucking awesome sometimes. Sometimes, man. Oh my god. I'm like, how high was this person when they came up with this concept? <laughs> and then it resonates, you know? <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. How to pronounce six. Hands up. Playing our song. Party in the UC day. Something is going to happen in six seconds. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.